all you cool cats and kittens, and welcome to episode 145 of the F Reality Podcast. Crank your AC to 11 and chill with us for the next two hours as we discuss the latest VR news. This week, we're going to be saying goodbye to the Oculus Go as it's being discontinued. We're also going to be discussing Nathie's hands-on, or should I say, feet-on experience with the Catwalk C omnidirectional treadmill. We have a very special guest, Guy Godin, the developer of Virtual Desktop, joining us throughout the show this week. And then finally, we'll be rounding up the show with Zim with some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been the highlight of the week this week. And also let us know in the chat what you've played so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up to the plate, this guy is the latest addition to the Beast Squad, working with Mr. Beast directly on a future viral video involving virtual reality. So of course our Frisian friend, Nathy. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm obviously very busy right now because, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, we're working with Mr. Beast on a VR project, and um, we got the um, mission to spend uh, one hundred thousand dollars on low and high end VR equipment, from wow. the extreme to the most exotic stuff you can get. So we're talking uh, gloves, treadmills, um, smell devices, um, well, everything you can come up with that, that we, we have you know, spoken about in this podcast that is you know, uh, a pleasure for the eyes to, to look at. Yeah. So everything we've ever discussed on the show is going to be in his video pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, well. also those like shoes... That uh, the rocket shoes? Oh, the, the rocket, rocket shoes. shoes! Oh, shoot! No, I, I I did not even think about those yet. But if I can get those <laughs> rocket shoes in there, that would be amazing. That would be so funny. Was, uh, I think was that a the, Kickstarter bonus for what was it? Adam uh, Savage project or something? It was like an that? Adam Savage project. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It Let's was. Go back. But I take it, uh, Jimmy from Mr. Beast. He's he's going to go like full deep dive on this video. Like combine everything he possibly can together in one epic sort of showcase. Yes, yes, and of course his friends too, because I mean, uh, if you have seen his videos, he always do does these uh, crazy uh, challenges with his friends, uh, and it, it, it's usually about a lot of money too, that they mm. can win or they just spend, uh, yeah. and uh, so this week I've been reaching out to everyone I know who makes something VR, uh, and uh, we're, we're trying really hard to, you know, make that happen. Um, it, it, it's quite is challenging. Is it going to film it at your uh, place, or is, is it going to be? No, no, no. So, his, so uh, I'm. Okay. Let's say. So, uh, some people were confused. They think like I'm going to be in his video or something. Uh, I'm just the one guy who makes sure that all the juicy stuff is going to be in the video. So I'm going to make sure that oh, okay. you know he's going to play with the quest, that he's going to play with, let's say, the Valve Index, that he runs on a certain treadmill. Um, and it's nice that um, I can now do something back to the VR industry and tell everyone uh, that I know, like, listen, do you want to be in his video? Because this is great promotion. His videos get around 10 to 20 million views. Um, so so it's good for us uh, that I'm involved because if some random person was involved and the quest doesn't work on video, then everyone or a lot of people uh, are going to think that the quest, for example, isn't dead of a great headset or we get the VR is dead thing again, where it's like, you see, it doesn't even work properly. So it's good that, uh, that I'm, uh, you know, uh, involved and I'm going to try uh, to, you know, uh, make sure that certain things work, you know, because 
you need to set priorities. If you have that much stuff, I mean, imagine how much stuff you get for 100K, it's insane. So, you know, uh, headsets are, of course, very important that they work. And from there, you kind of, you know, uh, build it up. But uh, I've actually um, considered to also go to America uh, in a couple of weeks to make sure it's really gonna uh, go well because I, I started to notice that doing this over the internet, trying to explain what VR is, trying to explain the certain challenges, the certain problems it can have, is hard to do through a Zoom call, right? So going there is gonna really, you know, uh, nail it. Um, so yeah, we'll see, but it's gonna be super awesome. It's gonna be, I think, uh, the most viewed VR video on the platform for sure. And it's gonna also, uh, you know, advertise VR in a good way. So, awesome. yeah. nice. I got a that question for great. people who, who don't know, uh, I mean, I kind of know who Mr. Beast is, but like, is this the same guy who did the trees thing? Yes. And, yes. and, yes. and is he, so he's, he's, a, he's a huge, well-known YouTuber. Is he known from other platforms? Does he, what's his background? I'm kind of curious, because I've only heard about him on I think Twitch a few times in different competitions or something and then on on YouTube but I think I think that that's how we got started right by giving away money on on Twitch yeah. to do certain streamers I think that's I'm making I, videos about that I think the, er, the earliest that I can remember him Not making videos was like him for example counting from one to like a hundred thousand and then yeah, falling yeah. asleep while doing so uh, yeah. and you know really trying to you know <laughs> push it to the limit with with that um, but now he's like in the top 10 biggest YouTubers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was really nice. Like he reached out to me through Twitter and he said like, uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, give me a call because, uh, you know, we need your help. Um, so, so that same uh, evening I gave him a call. He was very nice. Um, he was very on the point. Uh, same here. So then you can really, you know, what do you want? What are we going to do? Uh, let's make it happen. Uh, and um, funny enough, uh, they watched some of my videos and that's how they found me. So they saw the go-kart video at iIllusions. They thought like, they thought that that's it. That's what we want, you know? Uh, and also the one from VR Star Park in China. So for yeah. me personally, of course, you know, it's fun to work with Mr. Beast, but getting that acknowledgement once again from someone that, you know, you make something cool yeah, and something absolutely. new. That, that's that's what I was going for because it's like nice because this is the content I wanted to make for a couple of years now so mm. for me that's that's the the biggest plus point and now of course being responsible uh, for for something like this is also cool but yeah that's that's the main uh, thing awesome can't wait to see it so yeah, is that your so highlight yeah. of the week or that is my else? highlight of the week yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> dude. but I do have to say there's one more highlight that I'm also very happy about and that is that I bought a new bike uh, a new oh, ele- yes. electric bike. It's gonna arrive in uh, in September. Uh, so I I kind of like pre-ordered one. I said that pre-ordering is a crime, but you know, bikes, man. Like, sorry, but I, I just can't uh, resist. So yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm, can't take I'm as sure much we can. This bike, right? Yeah, true. So I'm I'm sure we can talk more about that. You know, in a couple it's of. It's not a uh, Kickstarter you know, weeks, bike, you know. is it? No, it is not a Kickstarter okay. bike. No, 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 no. You should be good then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. You, true, true. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to seeing this video of Mr. Beast. I think it's going to be sick. Yes. So yeah, can't wait to see it. Uh, so next up, this guy has had to change his name to uh, Nicey VR after moving to Canada because Can- Canadians are renowned for being so nice. Uh, it's the man formerly known as Rowdy VR, now Nicey VR. How you doing, dude? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that nice. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I'm, I'm, do I'm doing great. Although, although my highlight of this week is rather a, a, a little bit of a low light, mm -hmm. uh, as I as I briefly explained to Mike before the podcast as well. Like, um, I, uh, I I made a stupid mistake uh, yesterday uh, by. I have a I have a work laptop, of course. I have a laptop where I do work on, and it's the same laptop laptop where I also do my 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 YouTube stuff and all that kind of stuff up. And I have everything separated on like different kind of partitions. And you guys can already hear where this is uh -oh. going, right? Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> so yesterday I was I was working, and I even have it. It's it's, it's physically separated, so it's two two separate hard drives that each have their own operating system. So I have a Windows hard drive for the. Uh, for the the YouTube stuff and like doing the editing and playing the games, and then I have a, a Linux hard drive uh, using Arch Linux um, with uh, which is a separate hard drive, also a solid state drive. And there I do all my work on. Uh, but yesterday I was working and I was thinking like, oh, my, my hard drive on my work laptop is getting quite full. I should start moving some stuff out. So I had everything backed up properly and, 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 and stuff like that. But then uh, I was like, okay, like I have uh, these kind of, um, like you have like a, a time timeshare folder where you can go back in time. And there's always like a lot of, of the of the backups were in there. So I was like, oh, I can get, get rid of those now. I don't need those anymore. I have it all backed up. So it was, I was removing everything. All, I, don't, I'm, I was freeing up quite some space. And then all of a sudden I saw another folder that said backups. It says like, why do I have two backup folders? So I started removing in there as well. So I started removing in there and I was like completely done. My drive looked nice and clean up until, <laughs> up until I opened up my application folders and I saw that all of my icons were missing. And when all of your icons are missing, oh that means God. that there's stuff. And with Linux, if you, if you remove stuff, it's, it's not like it. Windows. No, it's, it's gone and it's gone forever like <laughs> and um so I, I started realizing that something must have gone wrong and i started like i started with trying to like recuperate and reinstalling the stuff that i needed but i was like this stuff is just uh it's just messed up so what i did is i wiped my entire drive clean and i spent yesterday up until 4 a.m uh reinstalling my uh, arch linux uh <laughs> On, on my on my brand new partition uh, on on my on my laptop. That's such a sad story. I love the fact that this has become like a, a new little you know section of the show that your your lowest point of the week. You know that you want to <laughs> share with everyone. Of the week. <laughs> but you got everything sorted yeah. now. Your your laptop's recovered. You can get back to work again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I still I probably I probably still need to like reconfigure everything, mm -hmm. like all of the settings that I have and the packages that I have, but. That is something that grows with time. Is you mm -hmm. like you know you start working, you need certain packages, uh, but at the same time, uh, everything is working again and kind of looks like the same as it used to be. So, uh, and I didn't lose. I maybe lost like maybe like a little bit of data of last week, but not uh, not that much. That's good to hear. There's there's sympathy in the chat anyway. So uh, you know. <laughs> This is just such a tragic thing to happen to anyone. I think. I think we I've can never, relate yeah. to that at some point in our lives. And 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 that is why I was asking before the podcast started as well. Like, what are you guys' opinions on on, on getting a NAS? And uh, I, I think that's something I should I should start investing in. Uh, I've Definitely. used Dropbox for quite a while, um, but ever since I, I moved to Canada, I had to cancel that yeah. that contract because it was linked to a business account. Um, so I, uh, I I I don't really feel like spending so much money on a on a personal uh, Dropbox folder. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. I can also get like a, a NAS and stuff. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. going to give you my biggest advice there because as a NAS user for several years, I've backed out of using NAS to a simpler solution, which I think is more robust and just keep it simple. If anyone because everyone's got some data problem, 
uh, if you use an external like a uh, clone um, interface, so you can you can use it with a standard large hard drive uh, or one of the small SSDs. Uh, those are really helpful because you plug it in like an external drive bay. Just make sure you don't press the clone button. Um, but otherwise, it's a lot cheaper than an NAS if you're just using it for local system. If you want to use uh, the same data across like five or six different devices, then a NAS, like uh, a Synology NAS, that's, makes that's sense. That's more what I need for like, especially for work, uh, because you, we work with servers and we work with uh -huh. different kind of computers. It's uh, it's kind of nice to have all of this uh, information <laughs> in the cloud. Well, it's important for two reasons. I'm gonna tell you why it's important. Asgard's Wrath and and Dirt <laughs> Rally Two, because both of those are more than 100 gig installs. And mm. if you are planning to like reap from the Steam sale or whatever, like people are like, hey, six quid Dirt Rally. And, oh no, I need 110 gig free. So you're gonna be in the same predicament Rowdy's been in. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing your low point of the week. <laughs> That's been a, a nice little twist of the show there. So uh, next up. He's my virtual raving partner, an all-round nice guy that keeps this fine show afloat. His VR streamer is in top five. How are you? There's holes everywhere in this ship, Mike. Uh, we're going down. We're going down fast. Uh, I'm, I'm good, but like the last, like via this this period of VR, I'm just so glad there's like proper titles now coming out, like Phantom Ops and you know Iron Man and stuff, because. Mm. I've been I've been just like shoveling coals on the go and, if, and even the Rift. I was like, what's the worst stuff that I could play on the Rift? And I went in and I played a bunch of stuff. Um, my week's been pretty heavy with work, but outside of that, like, I don't know. I get a lot of sick satisfaction from like finding out what's terrible. And to be honest, when you're in the business <laughs> of just entertaining, sometimes those are some of the gems. Like we just have such a laugh at, you know, the crazy mechanics that these devs come up with. Uh, but I ran across one where, and this happens rarely, where you're like, you find a diamond in the rough, and you're like, how is this actually entertaining? How is this good? Like, I, I ran across a game that is basically a, a horror game. Okay, this isn't a great game. I'm not recommending you go out and buy this. Uh, you'll know it from the title. But it, it's called Sharks of Mars Prologue. Oh, no, Sharks no, of no, Mars. No, 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 which no, is that one. floating alien sharks <laughs> that you blast with a laser blaster. It is the best modeled and feeling tactile like feedback laser blaster I've ever had in a VR game. So straight out the gates, I open this game, I went in, I pick up the laser gun, haha, like shoot it a couple times. I'm like, damn, that's pretty. That's, that feels pretty good. Like this isn't this isn't joking around. I start walking around this path, and all of a sudden, these giant like great whites uh, that are loaded with I don't know some thing that allows them to fly on Mars come at you, and it sounds like it'd all be terrible, like it would be feckin' horrible. It sounds like a, a, a two-hour student project in Unity. Um, <laughs> but it actually was a pretty convincing, like, horror game, where you've got these sharks, and it's not like wave, it's not wave shooter. You're wandering around the surface of Mars, there's rovers, there's all this stuff. There's even, like, puzzles and things. Um, puzzles? And then, wait, wait, and then wait, wait, the, wait, wait, puzzles? Tell me more, tell me more. What are those puzzles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like keypad stuff, or, um, you know that water oh. game where you're, where you're, like taking water from a pipe and like, you know, yeah, twisting yeah, yeah. the little bits so that the water yeah. flows through. Unlock stuff like that, just simple stuff. But so like, while really you're getting well, attacked by sharks. Well, it, this is exactly the point. It's fucking scary getting <laughs> attacked yeah. by space sharks while you're while you're having to do you know complicated <laughs> wait, interactions. Wait, wait, wait. Is this like the shark? Oh, that's quite realistic. No, it is this like the, the, the Sharknado movies? Like they're so bad that it's actually good. Yeah, that's absolutely where it sits. It's wow. like, and the thing is, the assets in the game, 
uh, its general performance, the models, the sounds. Like, mm. I was actually scared running across the surface of Mars getting chased by, by space sharks. And, and what was it so called again? It is called Sharks of Mars Prologue, which means there's more coming. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That was just a prologue. <laughs> wow. But, like, you don't expect this kind of thing. I played loads of others that are just absolutely terrible, but it's been for me, like, I hate just giving devs, like, avoid, avoid, avoid on their titles, but that's how it's been for me for about two weeks now. And this is, like, the one thing where I was like, all right, you can consider buying this. You can consider it, but it's not a... So so what you're so what you're saying, like, the, the, the longer uh, you, you get to play shuffleware games, the more you tend to play games with sharks in them and... And then yeah, they become yeah, good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and and there seems good, to be yeah. a direct linear yeah. correlation between the number of sharks and uh, indie titles when you well, play them long enough. Either that yeah, or my standards are just dropping with we, insanity. Didn't we see like one with the sharks on like and high heels with like women's legs and yep. stuff like that? Yep. I'm, I'm yep. pretty sure we covered this on the show and in releases one one time. Yeah, as the like one, one with the drones, ones. right? And the, I think so, yeah. I think that was so, like yeah. a tower That was like a tower defense tower game almost. You were like sitting in place and wave shooter slash tower defense sharks and heels. Wow. That's not the same one. Wow. So there you go. If you've ever dreamt of uh, being on Mars and being chased by sharks, <laughs> that's the solid recommendation of the week. Um, so now it's time for me to introduce you to our special guest this week, uh, developer of Virtual Desktop, Guy Godin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's Great so to cool here. to have you on the show. I think, you know, we've, we've, we've been in passing at events and stuff like that, but we've never had the opportunity to chat before. So really looking forward to diving into, uh, you know, the details around virtual desktop and how you got that started. But we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. Um, I did sort of ask Guy if he had a highlight of the week, but you said that you've been pretty busy, full on developer mode and haven't really played that much recently. Is that right? Yeah, the last thing I played was Half-Life Alex when it came out. I played for 30, 40 minutes. And that's okay. it. that's the only gaming I've done in a year. Probably. You hated so, it. Like, <laughs> no, I loved it. It was great. It was great. I, I guess for you, like trying these games is just a case of like you just want to test the you know your your system, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I get that. I get that. And that's the thing, you know, having met many developers out there, you know, they, they get so, uh, you know, stuck into their own projects that they generally don't get the opportunity to play other stuff. Or by, by the time at the end of the day comes, the last thing they want to do is spend more time in virtual reality. So I do, I do get it. Um, but thankfully, you know, shows like ours and, and channels like ours are, are good sort of resources of information of, you know, people like yourselves can keep track of what's going on without actually trying it yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and and people in the chat are very happy to see you as well because we have uh, Nimsoni, we have uh, saying, I remember following your explanation on the direct X and screen hooking that you did for virtual desktop. Mm. And Meow Meow, the gamer cat, great name. Oh my <laughs> God, Gigo Dan, thank you. Wireless Quest PC VR is a bliss. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people really appreciate your work. So, you know, they appreciate your sacrifice. You don't get to play that much, but you get to, you know, allow everyone else to enjoy the games on your behalf. So we, we really appreciate your sacrifice. Uh, so if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike, uh, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. But before we get into what I played this week and my highlight of the week, let's find out what everyone in the chat has been up to. Mm. Yes. So um, we have Pete uh, Shiri, who played Golf Club VR. Uh, there is apparently a new uh, content update for Carnage uh, Chronicles. I still think that's a great game to play. Uh, it's an RPG as far as I know. Uh, and, and he just bought uh, Elite uh, Dangerous uh, as well to practice for squadr Squadrons when it finally drops. Mm -hmm. um, and he also bought a Hodas, so uh, he seems to be ready. Ready Very to go. Nice. Yes. Well. Uh, and then we have uh, Dangerous, who uh, for eight bucks, um, let's see, played Skyrim VR and spent about three hours to get mods up. And then played for about 15 minutes. 
but those 15 minutes were amazing. Wow. <laughs> it's like, okay, I wonder what happened in those 15 minutes because I can remember playing Skyrim. I, I just got chased by the whole village for uh, the, the, uh, killing their chickens or something. Now, um, one word there, Nathy. Skuma. Skuma. Oh, yeah, Skuma. If you, if you get the opportunity to check out the Skuma quest on Skyrim, do it. Man, that's amazing. That's a funny, funny quest. Um, then we have Wato UK. Um, who didn't play that much this week because of the heat, um, mm. but he did uh, jump into a Lee Dangerous NVR chat and also played some Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation. And then last but not least, we have Supa Pupa, who jumped into Trooper Saves the Universe on the yeah. Quest. I love that yes. game. Quest now as well. So <laughs> cool that people are enjoying that game again. Yeah. Nice. Some great recommendations there. Um, yeah. So this week, um, I've been playing a lot of The Last of Us 2, uh, which is a pancake game, of course, because it's been very hot here in the UK. So I've been down in my hobbit hole playing pancake <laughs> games. Uh, I did, uh, however, complete Phantom Cover Ops, which I thought was a really solid VR title from the team at Endreams. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's relatively short, about sort of two, three hours. Uh, but it's got some replayability with um, sort of challenge missions and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're on Quest or Rift, highly recommend you go check it out. It's definitely one of the, the sort of highlights of this year so far, I would say, in terms of VR titles on the Oculus platform. So that was pretty good. But the thing I want to highlight is something I did with Zim uh, at the end of uh, last week and sort of highlight, I sort of, sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm getting these kind of like, uh, uh, how's it called? Striking Vipers. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, you would, you would, rather you would. Um, but yeah, it's uh, what we did together was we went into uh, VR chat uh, and mm. we went to a virtual event uh, oh. of Jean-Michael Jarre uh, that was hosted in VR chat. And Jean-Michael Jarre, if you're not aware of him, he's like a French musician, uh, musician uh, famous for his albums uh, called Oxygen and Equinox. Uh, and he put on a free event in, in VR chat, which was kind of hosted by VR Room, I think. It was a, you know, everyone could turn up. Um, I even sort of dressed up for the occasion, got my avatar all dressed up with a nice sort of sparkly suit from uh, Taffy Avatars, which we've talked about on the show before. Um, but it was just really, really nice just to meet up with VR friends. So like Zim was there, mm. Gamertag VR was there, Don VR Gamer Dude was there, and a few fans from the show as well, like Watto uh, was there as well. And we were just able to uh, enjoy this event together and dance for about an hour or so to this great music. And then afterwards, we just hung out in like a virtual bar and, and chatted for a bit. And the weird thing was, is I think it's just because we've been in lockdown for so long now, but it felt like a night out. <laughs> it actually <laughs> felt like a proper <laughs> night out with the lads. Do you know what I mean? It was so weird. And it's something that I've really missed um, and not really realizing that I've missed it, you know, this kind of social interaction uh, since lockdown. So it's just really nice to get out there and hang out with friends and just have a little dance and, and enjoy an evening together. Yeah, it was, it, it was special though. Like I, it, it kind of harkened back to yeah pax or oculus connect or something like that just just being able to hang out and talk to people like before the event uh, and i'm mm. sure i know you were there after the event with the guys as well but like that time to me was more special than even the event itself the reason to get together to like hang out and just catch up and like that anticipation if anyone's ever been to a live music show usually you're waiting around for sometimes hours talking to people and that's exactly what it felt like and it felt really nice and i have to say mike's uh, I'll call it a rug suit. Uh, looked just spectacular. And I took your recommendation, and I use Taffy as well. Uh, so I will be the second voice uh, recommending second opinion. Taffy's super easy to use, and for two bucks, I was able to get a really good thing. Now that we're not sponsored by Taffy, I'm just saying it because it is yeah. probably one of the best avatar systems 
that I've used. The only thing that I noticed was some of the things, like I put a t-shirt on and I, I went into VR chat. I'm like, why is my t-shirt black? There's supposed to be a kitty on this. You know, so there, there are some like conversion problems I noticed. Uh, yeah. And weird, sometimes the Rift shows certain things that the Quest doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, Taffy's fantastic. It was a really cool event. And actually what a lot of people who were blocked from joining the event or not able to get in due to, due to issues, I, I, I hope they like rerun it. Like the same set, maybe with minor tweaks and just rerun the show again another time. You know? Yeah, I know a lot of people had technical issues and I know that the show ran late as well due to technical issues. Yeah. But this is like the first, you know, the first few events that are doing this, you know, like uh, Nathie and I went to the virtual base event, uh, you know, a few weeks back and that was really great as well. And I think, you know, this this virtual event idea, you know, is just going to explode from here. You know, those those things like the uh, Travis Scott event that we saw in Fortnite recently just was like huge. Yeah. So I can just see that, you know, evolving into virtual reality over the next sort of coming months yeah, and years. I mean, there, there, there has to be only one artist that is very big that just gets to see this from a friend that just opens his mobile phone and you know, from there, we're going to see something crazy. I mean, if Travis Scott was investing all those those millions and also, you know, Oculus or some other company together, then I think you can do it. I think it's yeah. possible right now, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think that VRChat, like my, my opinion, VRChat doesn't seem like the right platform. It doesn't seem stable enough. I, I mm. love the avatar system, mm. but I wish that VRChat and Wave would have like a baby together because, uh, and I, I have to highlight this, I didn't know, but Image and Heap is going to do another Wave show in like August or September, and actually her original performance is playable in Wave right now. So oh, I've recommended that before. You can go yeah. and you can actually watch that. Um, and there was there was a kind of a pride, uh, I don't want to call it a parade, but like a celebration that they were doing for a couple of days. And that yeah. was also really good music. So um, and I think a lot of times they'll replay that stuff for like a week or whatever before they yeah. drop it off. So, you know, do check out Wave if you're a big, you know, into music and you just want a taste of this stuff. Uh, mm. Or just need to be convinced to come along to one of these. Well, things. The, the, there, there was this like when I was at E3 last year. There was this one company called Red uh, Pill, uh, and and they were um, experimenting with having uh, like a, a DJ mocap live in their platform, but also with dancers that were interacting with you. Also, uh, you know, all recorded live from their studio, but then converting that to one big dance floor. So it was only focused on the dancing and the celebration experience. Because as you said, VRChat is much more. So a lot of the things that uh, you know you don't really need during a concert could be kind of left out in VRChat. Mm -hmm. So the performance is better. And because I, I do feel like you know uh, when you go to those concerts in VRChat, uh, it, sometimes you know the connection isn't that great and it kind of lags a little bit. So if you build something from the ground up just for that, I think uh, that's it's going to be way better. But I don't know if you like I I would miss that you know big community that VRChat has that just rolls in. So it's hard yeah. to you need you need both worlds. But yeah. yeah. And one thing that I also want to touch on, because as Zim mentioned, the wave is that we were uh, mistaken last week on the show about the John Legend event in the wave, and it wasn't in virtual reality at all in the end, which was a real disappointment. And I'm surprised that that wasn't the case. Just, I just thought like the wave was just a, like a VR platform, but mm. they've sort of spread out now and they call themselves the Wave XR. So that that's was confusing for sure. Is that, that like? I wonder. Do you think that that's a uh, that's a survival technique and maybe? I, 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 that's the way I feel it. You know, I feel like if yeah. a platform is, is having a tough time from being VR only, that you, mm -hmm. you spread your tech, you're like, I've got the technology, I can do this other stuff as well. I just kind of would like to see, but, I would have liked to see them brand that, that as if something that was the case, different. Wouldn't it make sense to have it both then? To have it yeah, so exactly. that 2D players can yeah. go in yeah, but, and but, VR players? Instead of just saying, uh, oh, but this is non-VR. It's both VR and non-VR, I believe, mm -hmm. VR chat. 
So true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. But the wave is uh, oh, the wave apparently. Is, okay. It's, it's de like it definitely has something to do with money because I mean, making the VR support does cost some money too. And I think the people that you then contact, uh, some some people at those production teams from John Legend have never played VR before. So how are you mm -hmm. ever gonna sell the concept to them then, right? So yeah, I just thought it was a shame. It was a kind of missed opportunity because that yeah, would have been cool to go yeah. and do as well, especially after yeah. this VR chat event. But yeah. that was my highlight of the week anyway. So um, <laughs> let's get into some news uh, because the first bit of news that we got this week is kind of interesting, and that is that Oculus have acquired another development studio. Studio, and that is Ready at Dawn, the developers behind Lone Echo, Echo Arena, and Echo Combat. Now, the team at Ready at Dawn will be joining Beat Games, who of course made Beat Saber, and Sansaru Games, who made Asgard's Wrath and Marvel Powers United, and they will all be Oculus exclusive development studios. Now, at this time, we don't know how much Oculus paid for these studios. It's not been disclosed yet, but I'm sure we'll get that information eventually. Um, but Oculus, you know, they've always been betting big on VR from the very beginning. So, you know, this is another big power play from them, you know, to snap up some of the most prom prominent sort of developers in the VR scene and get them creating, you know, exclusive titles just for their platform. So it's a smart move. Um, and we also saw Sony doing this recently as well with the Stormland developers yeah. Insomniac Games. Yeah. But I think that's more to do with the fact that, you know, they, they made Spider-Man and Ratchet and & Clank, which were amazing yeah. pancake games rather than, you know, their prowess in, in the VR scene. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if Insomniac make any VR titles for, like, you know, future PSVR and, the, you know, they'll be exclusive to the PlayStation platform, of course. Yeah. Um, but the question is, if you were Oculus right now, who would you acquire next if you could choose any VR development studio out there? Maybe Virtual Desktop? Would you be up for that, <laughs> that guy? <laughs> Not, no. Not for sale. Not for sale. Sorry, Oculus. Not for sale. What, what about you guys? Oh, that's a shame because we had a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going to be 10 million. No. <laughs> uh, so what about what about you guys? What do you think? Like if there was one studio out there that you could choose, who would it be? And feel free to join in the chat as well. But particularly VR studios. Um, can it be a branch? Because I would, I would go sure. for Shell Games. I would, okay. I would say Shell yeah. Games out of out of Philadelphia. Yeah, they've made some. Uh, no, uh, I expect you to die and uh, until they fall. Yeah, I, th I, th I think they get. I think they get VR, and it's uh, they're they're a long lasting game studio, so they you know they know their stuff. They got the pedigree. Okay, what about you, Nathan? Any suggestion? Um, so instead of you know buying into a studio that is already kind of like already proved itself i would go for an indie and kind of you know see what they can pull off i would go for vertical robot from Ooh, interesting yeah. Uh, yeah that's just one game i think the sales uh reflect uh, enough because mm -hmm. i mean that's how i think facebook buys their uh, stuff mm -hmm. based on data based on money and i think that vertical robot has definitely proved after the quest launch of yeah. red matter that they are worthy yeah, they also made Daedalus as well on the go, which um, yeah. was a really solid title. Uh, what about you, Rowdy? Any any good suggestion for you? Yeah, Rockstar. No. Rockstar. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? I'm, I'm, can you trying... imagine the kickback from like the community? They That's would absolutely insane. lose their minds if or Oculus like bought Rockstar Dog or something like and that. And it was just like... VR exclusive from here on out. That would. <laughs> Yeah, that would be interesting. Facebook acquires that, Rockstar. I can just imagine the broken windows now. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like I'm trying to think of it in a way like you know Oculus has already acquired quite a few uh, mm. studios and, and actually fairly different genres as well and I find it interesting that they very very much focus on those like story driven kind of experiences like you have Asgard's Wrath yep. which comes from Oculus Studios you have Lone Echo which comes from Oculus Studios now as well 
uh, Medal of Honor, which is coming from Oculus Studios, right? Mm. So you have like all these kind of different, like very story driven. So maybe it would be nice to have a studio that does more like, um, like you know, the Counter Strike genre. Like for example, it's never going to happen, of course. Pavlov, Onward, yeah, um, you know, those kind of people who are making these kind of games, yeah, to try to get them into the Oculus Studios as well. Again, I'm not really a big fan of that because I think that a lot of those studios do well on their own and i think that they should be on their own that uh you know i think that that is good for them but yeah it it would be nice to see a studio developing those kind of titles with uh, facebook backed money yeah because i think that you can make amazing things i get that so so like my suggestions would be uh like alchemy labs i think that would be a really a solid one you know with like you know job simulator vacation simulator well then they would have to talk to google if they want to sell it to them right that's very true that's very true uh, google Um, owns uh alchemy lab now right 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 you have to buy facebook uh Google, right? <laughs> yeah, let's buy Google. Let's buy, yeah, Google. buy Google. Let's do it for for Job Simulator. But yeah. like like fast travel games is also one with a lot of experience I, in the yeah. virtual reality scene. And a lot I, of I wouldn't be surprised. Genres, so. I wouldn't be surprised that yeah. one gets bought anyways. Um, yeah. Even as and we the other two suggesting it. Suggestions I had were Cloudhead Games. Uh, you know, Pistol Whip doing very well. Yeah. Uh, and I, one that I would love, um, but I don't think they would ever do it, is is the Super Hot Team. Uh, and the only reason why I would love it is because it would force them to make a sequel. Because oh, I just want a sequel. No. Um, I'm sure they're probably working on one, but I just I just can't wait for another super hot game. Um, I'd, I'd really like to see a crossplay. Like I'd like them to pull an egg out of one of the other teams nests you know what i mean like somebody who's i don't oh, know right yeah uh as much as the other the other studio that was in my head was uh was resolution games but it, like i'd love them to take something out of sony's bucket you know get mm. some cross-pollination going you know something that would really shake the news sphere as well and get gamers thinking or even better yet grab something uh that's an exclusive from xbox and bring it over and make it successful mm. for vr you know, I, I, again, they can't buy the Halo that, series. That would be a nice one. I would like that. I would like that a lot. So Instead cheeky. of like trying to like, uh, you know, take Steel. titles that normally yeah. would be on all platforms, take one from Xbox, which is not on a on a on a VR platform, mm. like Gears of War. Oh, I would love that so much. I would love that so much. I'm a big Gears fan. Um, but I've got a question for Guy. So, um, you know, obviously you said you know you wouldn't be for sale. What what was what would be in your opinion the reason or to stay like independent is it like the you know the the creative control or you know what do you think the benefit is of being independent well i i don't think that uh facebook buying game companies actually helps the industry i think it does the opposite because then you end up with the sony owning a bunch of games and then facebook owning a bunch of games and then it's just a exclusive war that happens i yeah. think true i think what they should do is they should really help indie developers which are most of them are struggling right now so you know, just help them fund their game. And mo- most of the indies are the ones creating the popular titles anyway. Yeah. So, um, so it's actually like a different strategy that you suggest is instead of buying the entire studio, fund the game yeah. to have an exclusive time on the platform no, for a no. certain period. Well, I wouldn't say to have an exclusive, just help developers and developers that you help are, are you know, are going to sell on your platform anyway. So, yeah. Okay. I, I thought I, I thought to a certain degree um, Oculus were doing that anyway, or is that kind of dried up now? Not really. It's dried up. From what I heard, they, they have like the Oculus Start thing, uh-huh. and once you have released the game, then you're totally on your own. They don't really help all that much. So, I see. Um, I see. But I suppose I suppose the flip coin of that is like if you don't buy them up, like say if you don't buy Beat Games and then Sony buys them, then you're kind of screwed. Then <laughs> do you know what I mean? 
So it's kind of like yes. a, a double-edged sword there. Like, especially with beat games, I think, you know, that being the most prominent one, like, mm. if Sony had bought them and they said, like, this is just going to be a PlayStation exclusive that's title a from here what, on out, That's that a little suck. bit what happened with uh, with Stormlands, right? You know, Storm before Stormlands was, like, well done and released, uh, Sony already acquired the studio. And that, that, and then, that game yeah. suffered from that. It, it, like, 100% that game they, suffered they because of that They just took the reason. IP as well, right? So the yeah. IP goes to... Yeah, and, uh, and it, was, it was an Oculus back title right True. yeah but, but I, like, as we said like sony didn't buy it for stormland i don't know no 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 this is an extra uh, definitely not a nice uh, little but yeah that's kind of interesting but, uh, you know honestly I, I do i do agree like when i saw this announcement i was shocked i was like this this isn't this is not so good for the industry mm-hmm. and 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 yeah okay of course you know you have playstation that you know you uh, motivate even more to do the same but it's also in the pcvr uh scene that is kind of you know still trying to mature like we told, we talked about this before. Like this is another step. Like how are other uh, tech giants uh, going to compete from the get-go when this is all getting you know bought up? Well, they need to catch up. I think is the uh, is the answer from Facebook because you know everyone yeah. seems to be lacking behind them at the moment. That's They're true. definitely the leaders in the pack in terms I mean, uh, of like technology and their their software yeah, stack. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so. yeah. And and, uh, I, and what Facebook is doing is very smart. They're very aggressive on buying studios um, mm-hmm. because they're buying fast. And the way they do it is like they let them make some games for them to see if they're you know good, and then they buy them because it's not like they just bought Ready or Dawn and like okay now you need to make VR yeah, games. Course, they already yeah. made them before. It's just that, let's say if they do buy studios, as long as they let them come up with their own, let's say, idea of what a game should look like and what they want to make, then I think it's great. Because I've seen a couple of times where Oculus Studios is the one deciding what a studio needs to make, and then it turns out in something that isn't that good or not that exciting. Mm. So as long as you let the studio itself, you know, the developers, uh, come up with their own creative cool ideas you know uh, then i think it's it's good but if oculus studio is getting too involved it doesn't feel like the studio their own project anymore and you can see that back in the gameplay mm. and the story and everything so it certainly felt that way with marvel powers united i know we both talked about it a lot when we were playing that game for like the 30 <laughs> odd hours that we put into yeah, it yeah. together um but it, de- it definitely felt that way because i think the, the the idea was way more ambitious in the beginning but you know, it is. We'll never find out, I guess. Um, no, but that, that was that was that was in the end. Like uh, Oculus wanted to have a title that was a a, a new game for uh, people who just bought their headset as like mm. a first title. They wanted to uh, boost up the multiplayer thing because you know that was lacking to have people mm. instantly in a lobby to play together. All the newcomers that in the end didn't work out because if you now play the game, then I don't think you can find someone else. Uh, must be a miracle um, but that that came out of you know uh, oculus came with the idea and sense yeah. made it so yeah, yeah. but so, at yeah. the same time I, I do think that uh, guy has a point in saying that there's a lot of like smaller development studios that are struggling mm. um, and i and we both know that that cloud had before pistol whip also was was struggling in a way that their mm. sales didn't do uh, as, as well as they would have hoped um, mm. and of course Pistol Whip turned a lot of that around but it would have been a shame if, a, if a, for example a studio like Cloud Hat would be forced to you know to, to quit developing mm. games for the virtual reality scene uh, just because they don't have the funding or mm. they don't see uh, Oculus doesn't see them as a, as a valued uh, purchase yet mm. or something like that so uh, I do think yeah. it's important indeed to, to to develop like on a, on a, like a, like a lower level like the, the indie developers who don't have 
the funds to finish maybe their very promising concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it needs to be a little bit of a balance, I think, yeah. as well, yeah. between purchasing big studios yeah. and supporting the community that actually built this entire yeah. virtual yeah. reality scene in, a, yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, good point. Um, so yeah, that is um, Ready at Dawn, acquired by Oculus. First bit of news this week. Next bit of news, which is kind of interesting and could sort of link directly to what we've just been talking about. And that is because, strangely enough, Beat Saber has been pulled from virtual reality arcades this week. So previously, if you owned a VR arcade, like friend of the show, Remarcus, for example, you know, he runs his own little VR arcade here in England, uh, you could buy a commercial license through partners such as Springboard or Exit Reality, which meant that you could charge your customers uh, to play the game in your VR arcade. But it seems that this week, the commercial licensing page from the official Beat Saber website has been removed and arcade owners have been told to stop offering the game to their customers. So this is kind of strange, right? Because right now we don't have an official like statement from either Oculus or Beat mm-hmm. Games. Um, they haven't like commented on the situation, so we don't have a reason why at this time. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they can come up with an alternative arrangement for arcades to continue using the game. Because I would suspect it's probably one of the most popular titles that gets requested in a VR arcade, right? I would say it's probably the most well-known game. I I think it would be a huge mistake to remove this game entirely for arcades because I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a clone that is going to do the same thing and it's going to be available in those arcades. It just won't be Beat Beat Saber anymore. It will be Mm. called something else. Or or it will just result into uh, arcade owners just using a Steam uh, version that is not licensed. But uh, honestly, if, if, if I can make a guess on what this means is that or the contract ended previously with Beat Games, uh, and now Facebook is of course in charge and says like, we're not gonna extend it. So we're gonna create our maybe our own license so you can buy an arcade because we're not talking only about Beat Saber, we're also talking about the machines that you can play those on. So sure. if you want as an arcade owner, you can buy a complete you know, uh, arcade cabinet that you can play Beat Saber on. It's, it looks amazing. If you uh, see one, give it a try, so, it's great. So do you think it's maybe like, um, you know, they don't want you to be using their games that they own on other hardware, competitive hardware. So they're like, well, if you want to play that, that Beat, could, Beat Saber in your arcade, you need to use a Rift or a Quest. Well, then they what they could do is they could sell the arcade cabinet in mm. combination with the Rift or the Quest and mm. just sell it as a whole package. So you get a license, you get a cabinet, and you get their hardware. So everything is one. Because right now, I've seen uh, 3D VRs getting used. I've seen a lot of mixed reality is usually the thing. Rifts, mm. I've never really seen any rifts. Of course, Quest now is great because always having that cable on top was uh, you know, kind of tricky. So yeah, going wireless wouldn't be a bad idea. So that mm. could be a reason, um, but I don't think they're gonna pull out completely. Uh, that, 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 that's something I don't see happening. Um, but that, that would mean that maybe there will be an arcade license for more than just you know Beat Saber, mm. uh, you know like Lone Echo. Well, and I have to say, I have to, I have to say it, uh, that the, the chat has been very uh, creative with creating new names for oh. uh, arcade owners, such as I've seen a Beat Blade, Beat Blade. Beat I've Blade. seen my own suggestion was Beat Saber, you know from uh, <laughs> Dwight Schrute's Farms. Oh, uh, we have um, Feet Saber. Uh, sheet layer <laughs> we, we have a lot of suggestions so don't don't worry arcade owners I, yeah, I, I got think, your back. I think Nathie's on the money here I, I think that when it comes to hardware oftentimes there's licensing with that sometimes there's a maintenance contract with it as well and actually it makes a lot of sense that that's coming to its end of life and that they're planning again to do yeah. the hardware refresh I think yeah. that's really yeah. on the mark but, 
Yeah, and, and right now we don't know what, what exactly is going on uh, because Skonek, who makes the uh, arcades, has also not really said anything. Um, mm. I think this is more a, you know, a B2B thing that is not, you know, you're not going to see this in a blog post or anything. Yeah, but yeah. I think they're doing their own license. I, I, this will take a big hit for, uh, you know, license uh, platforms such as... Uh, there are some it, people uh, saying as well that it might be due to uh, the rise of COVID because... Uh, mm. uh, Getting into arcades is, no. is is maybe a little bit harder. And uh, I saw wait, someone said, uh, oh, yeah, it was Onikazi. She said, uh, he said, uh, it just occurred to me that they may have stopped licensing for now. Uh, so they don't show huge loss- losses due to the pandemic. No, but that's not true because arcades uh, yeah. for the last few weeks have opened again uh, and there are enough because VR is usually a social distancing thing anyway, you know, in mm-hmm. real life. Uh, so that's not a problem. Uh, a lot of arcades are open again, uh, even mm-hmm. here in my country, uh, in China, but also America, um, because most people play, you know, in, in different yeah. uh, and, and the arcade the Beat Saber one it's not a multiplayer or something you just need to clean it very well um, but this will mean that you know Springboard will make a loss because I'm sure that mm. uh, Beat Saber was a big part of their revenue so you think that um, you know although it's gone for now it will return but probably in a different format or distribution platform that Oculus owned themselves I don't know how, how much gone means because if you are an arcade owner and you have one of those machines standing there, it's not yeah. like it's going to completely turn off. I think that it just, the license, you can't buy any new licenses anymore. I think there yeah. will be a new system you need to hop over to. And that I think suck. Springboard will have to yeah. tell arcade owners, like, listen, you have to port over now to the new. Yeah. Might cost more money too because, you know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but that would suck yeah. if you've invested in, a, you know, in, an, in an arcade and, you know, these fancy big Beat Saber machines. Yeah. Because I'm sure, sure they're not cheap, you know. No, they they're not cheap. No, well, you, mentioned, not cheap. Uh, you mentioned when Marcus, he put a post out asking for, like, Beat Saber equivalents because, of course, mm. the need is still there. And I was, I'll mention one in case there's any arcade owners listening. There was a precursor, uh, not precursor, but a, a predecessor, I suppose, to Beat Saber actually launching. There's a game called Beats Fever, which is like a, a yeah. whack-a-mole meets Beat Saber game with a pretty good range of music. So in case mm. anyone else is in a predicament like Marcus, um, mm. that game is currently six pounds on the Steam Summer Sale. So yeah. if you need to buy bulk licenses or whatever, there you go. But I think ultimately... I'm, like, actually, I think, I'm actually on the... Sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, I think this hurts Oculus in, in the long term. Like if, if it's going to be removed completely, for example, which you know maybe we're suggesting that it's not, and they're going to come back with their own licensing options with hardware maybe tied to it. But mm. like, say if they remove it completely and it never comes back, I think that's, that's, that's bad for them because ultimately if you go to an arcade, a bit like when you used to go to an arcade as a kid back in the day, you know, you play Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, you're like, yeah, I want to play this at home now. You know, you play Beat Saber in an arcade and you're like, right, yeah, I want this, I need this, I'm going to go buy a headset yeah, and I'm invest in the hardware and buy it at home. But sure. I, I, actually, I actually am on the other spectrum. I, I don't think it, it is a, a licensing issue at all because if it's if it a, a licensing issue, they probably would have released a statement around that. Uh, I think it's much more actually to do with the pandemic uh, since with virtual reality headsets mm-hmm. uh, and it's the most popular game in an arcade. Probably if you're playing VR, you need to put it on your face. And I, I don't think that with the current situation, especially in the US, where probably most of the arcades are located there, um, that that is a good solution at the moment. So I think that uh, that the reason why they pulled the license for now is a, a rather temporary solution to deal with that. I don't know, because I think no. I think, you know, these these arcades must have like, you know, since the pandemic hit, they no. must have these like, uh, you know, strict yeah. cleaning methods in place, you know, to make sure well, everything's but, sanitary. But still, for, a, for a VR headset, you still have to put something on your face. that has Yeah, been of course. Before. Yeah, so, of course. so funny enough that but just that title, though, like, I mean, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, why, why would you think it would be a problem? Just that title? Would they be running away from kind of a lawsuit? Because it's a title owned by Facebook. 
Yeah, but I understand Which that. other arcade titles are owned by Facebook? But what are they? What are they running away from? Like it's a force majeure event. It's well, not I mean, going. Well, it's, a, it's that people, especially in the U.S., if, if people start saying, "Oh yes, uh, but uh, we uh, we have now COVID nineteen because we went to this arcade and it's a Facebook published game." And I, I, I like. I, I think since I think since this podcast is you're mentioning it, you you let Facebook think about that. But I'm sure before that didn't even knew that that would be a thing. Oh, um, I, but I, I, I don't. I, I don't I, think. I think it's that. I don't think that's I, I the reason, but it's it's a good, it's a legit thing. Like that's what a lot of companies have been mm. doing because no one wants to be, you know, uh, having their customers getting something and then refer yeah. to that one product. Um, but it's yeah. funny that uh, the, there's this there's this machine. I forgot the name, but there's a machine you can put your headsets in. It's been made for headsets, yeah. and it cleans your whole. And that's that's. Even uses, sold out um, now. Uh, UV light it uses UV light yeah. to, to kill them. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a Isn't few it, of them. Yeah, there's yeah. a few of them. But the, the reason I was laughing there is there's only one product that I know that was damaged very badly by this whole thing. Clean. Have any of you had a Corona since this started? I love Corona beers. Yeah. But anyway, what are their sales like right now? Jeez. But I think it's an interesting theory anyway, all round. Uh, I think we've all got our own ideas, but of course we don't know the, the facts right now, but I'm sure that'll come out in the woodwork. Any sort of yeah. um, suggestions for you from you guy around this sort of issue, do you think? Any ideas? I was, I was reading in chat, it could be a music licensing issue because yeah. you know that, uh, uh, you know, the... Uh, music industry likes to get fees for stuff so it yeah. could be something related to that as well yeah that's, that's, that's also point. a very very good theory as well yeah. um so that is the news that beat saber has been pulled from vr arcades <laughs> around the world uh, and whether it'll come back we don't know yet but if it does yeah. we'll let you know um the next bit of news which is huge news is that oculus are discontinuing the oculus go so uh mm. in a blog post this week they said this they said, since we launched Oculus Go two years ago, VR technology has improved at an incredible pace. Oculus Go's success first proved that the all-in-one form factor can deliver highly immersive experiences, and a year later, Oculus Quest redefined that category. The community response has been overwhelmingly positive, and you've told us loud and clear that six degrees of freedom feels like the future of VR, and that's why we're going all-in and won't be shipping any more three degrees of freedom VR products. We'll end sales of Oculus Go headsets this year as we double down on improving our offerings for Quest and Rift. If you own an Oculus Go headset, you'll still be able to use it even after the sales of the Go end. We'll also continue to maintain the system software with bug fixes and security patches through 2022. Mm. That said, we won't be shipping new features for Oculus Go moving forward and we'll no longer accept new Oculus Go apps or app updates into the store mm. after December 4th, 2020. And that's a really good point, that the app updates one. I saw Guy uh, mention this uh, and, and, and asked this question. Did you get a response to this app update thing? Because basically from Christmas this year, after that, no more mm. updates to virtual desktop on Go, right? Yeah, it's unfortunate because um, I do constant updates, and since uh, my app is the same on Go and on Quest, it's the same binaries. Um, I essentially do updates, and then I like I'm working on Mac support, for example. People have been requesting that. I'm gonna add that soon. Like I won't be able to uh, maintain uh, compatibility with the PC side of things because then if I update the streamer then the, I can't update the Go app, so I'm gonna have to lock people with an older version. I know it's a nightmare, so for me, it's not great that they are blocking mm -hmm. updates past December 2020. But, so. but also for, for your, like, you know, the users, your, like, customers in the end, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I love updating the app and I continue to update 
the the go the gear vr app and i you know i still have people every day that use it i have like something like a thousand users every week that use the app on go so wow. uh not being able to update it is just it's a shame really so yeah do you think yeah. you'll get max support in there before before the, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. updates end oh yeah, okay that's coming very soon so but the, oh, the nice. point here is, and this is the thing that I've always loved about your work, is uh, is that the you, you you tackle these really tough problems, how to do X, uh, and and the features that you deliver, like you do that in such a way that's like almost quiet. At least that's how it looks like to me. It's just silent for ages, and then all of a sudden, awesome feature drops, awesome feature drops, and like to have any uh, fork in that space in that delivery channel, it yeah. it really it really sucks. I, I'm a huge Go fan. I think it's great. Um, you know, when I discovered that you could do sim racing on a Go, and and that's totally comfortable and runs great over 5G, it's just like mm. uh, to have to have now a, a kind of a final fork uh, in the road, a final stake in mm, the heart yeah. of the Go. That that's the the, the toughest part because obviously for you it would mean multiplying and adding this whole complexity that I'm sure is is not worth your time. Yeah, exactly. Um, which and makes it is- a forced decision. They, they removed the Gear VR from recent SDKs. So I even had to like scramble to kind of continue updating the Go, but not the Gear VR anyway. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck on an older SDK because I couldn't support the Gear VR. Mm. And now I'm sure they're going to do the same with the Quest. So that means that the uh, upcoming Quest SDKs likely won't support the Go. So that means right. that I'll be totally, it'll be impossible for me to keep supporting both at the same time. And so yeah. not a lot of yeah. people do that. Not a lot, not a lot of games share the binaries between the two but it's something Carmack suggested and when I, I heard him suggest I said oh yeah I'm going to do that it makes sense the same app and it actually worked very well for me so yeah, yeah. but then I suppose as a, as a sort of counter point of that is that these situations arise when one product's being sure, sure. Know, and I understand that I mean I, I understand that they want to discontinue Go I just wish that they allowed app updates to continue until the actual end of life of the product not sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That would make more sense. I get as that. Well. Yeah. I get that. Um, but I think you know, you know, particularly Nathy and I, and now Zim, you know, like he used to go a lot, and you know, Nathy and I met up and we played a lot of Go games together. You know, when we we're creating content on the channel, we played Covert together. I actually visited uh, him in the Netherlands and we played that game together, which was a lot of fun. And we also really enjoyed Oculus Rooms, and I yes. think that is probably yes. one of the things that the Go exactly. did. That's a feature really well. we don't even have across all of yeah. the other no. Oculus Rift yeah. platforms, and it's probably the they, best one out there. Even worse, like I think last year they just completely took it away it turned off. and yeah, this did. is why a lot of people were you know they were using it to meet family and meet yeah. friends and that was it like they're instead they're gonna take away more and more from the go then yeah and is, i think a lot of it. people out there you know maybe maybe people that watch or listen to this show may not know that you know the the social features on go were, were the best out of all the platforms and yeah. still probably you know oculus rooms yeah. even today if it did exist which it doesn't sadly it, it supersedes what is mm. available currently on rift and yeah. quest yeah. and that's because you could basically uh, customize your own room on on a go uh, you could invite up to three other friends over so four of you in a room together you could watch videos on facebook you could listen to the radio you could share pictures from your facebook page um you could obviously chat together but you could also which was really really neat is gather around a little board game table and you could play chess, you could play checkers, uh, Monopoly, Boggle. Othello. I miss Othello. my Othello. <laughs> All these really lovely, like, social, casual games that you would, you know, play with your friends and family. Ones, and they were the first ones to have this integrated yeah. 
like avatar come into your room <sighs> yeah. when you're going to play a game together yeah, so like, okay we're gonna play this and this and this now that's a really good point all jump yeah, in together yeah. was the best. and i haven't seen that on and, and that but, is like when you say virtual reality playing together yeah that's what everyone but, wants right well what's even weird is like that 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 what you're uh, telling us about right now is like something that rolled out straight off the bat but then it never really got they never updated they never innovated on it because so, that was such a good start such a good start yeah and, and some of the reasoning behind that, I think, was because, like, you know, if you had multiplayer, you know, Oculus Rooms running, the, the go would overheat. Like, it, it didn't deal very well with that sort of stress and would regularly overheat. And if it overheated, then that was it. You know, you because, had to restart the headset. Yeah, uh, because it's sucked. passive cooling. Yeah, like the, the passive the, cooling. Basically, they went for no fans, and which yes. means it's, like, very quiet, perfect for watching movies late at night in bed, that type of thing. It's the only headset that I've run across that's really good for let's say a, a hospital patient or someone it's small it fits in a small like small shoebox uh mm. not even a shoebox size uh package so it's very easy to travel with as well so it's like mobile entertainment mm. i'll tell you the two things that blew me away with the go when i got it firstly the lenses when you were you know had your cv1 yep. or whatever as your daily driver or even the original vive this was like whoa like lenses wise it felt like vr 2.0 right it, it was is, yeah. like the clarity of, of those lenses even today really stands up because the um, same lenses just quickly were are used in the rift s you know yeah yeah, yeah. they're, they're fantastic i still love them yeah not no like buggery reflections or whatever else in there the thing that really blew me away though uh that that caught me off guard by surprise was the audio and the yeah, audio solution, the, audio the fact that they were doing the piping down the sides audio, when I first put a go on and you listen to it, and I know a lot of people now would probably maybe turn their turn their, their nose up at it, but like the solution is just so sleek. Yeah, and for those boring. social experiences as well, the yeah. fact that they were able to do basically software-based noise cancellation and not have it sound terrible when you were in a social experience, and you really are, and your spatial. ears are listening, and the mic is listening to your voice, but there's not an echo problem, like that was amazing like really yeah. good quality all right yeah and one thing i just want to you know expand on which uh, rowdy touched on was this kind of like social jump off feature and basically we we experienced this together we were in a room together we wanted to play dead and buried together the system would automatically check to see if all the users had the game installed and it would show you in a little checkbox if that was the case and then if that was the case then like you said the ghost from dead and buried actually came into our oculus room and greeted us there said a few words and then we all jumped off from oculus rooms straight into dead and buried into a dead yeah. and buried uh like um you know multiplayer instance which yeah. it, so, it, so it was just actually, it was the so party, good we we had the party generated in oculus rooms like yeah. everyone met up in a room yeah and then from that room we went straight into a game yeah in the yeah. same party we didn't have to connect in the no. game anymore we just went no. straight in there yeah and that was just that was yeah. a really, really it's, good experience. Yeah, the best social features I've ever tried in VR. I'm surprised Definitely. they didn't bring this to Quest. When no. Quest release, it's yeah. so like, we backed them. We backed them we to did. do it. But, uh, we did. And maybe, you know, they, they held off because they're like, well, this is going to be in Horizon in the future. And, you know, that's mm. going to be a key feature of Horizon. We just don't know yet. But I really mm. hope they do somehow you know, revitalize that because that was a really awesome, fo uh, you know, social feature well, of, of the Go. I think, I think what's the most awesome is that, that the Go pretty much like, you know, uh, shows like a glimpse of what standalone is like, right? Like yeah. I, I remember like the first time when I got it, I was like, hey, uh, you know, Mike is waiting to play chess with me. And I just went downstairs just for fun to sit on the couch and play it there and just yeah. move around. I was like, wow, I can just now go upstairs again. and. Like same kind of what you had with the quest, but then for the first time, we're like, wow, I can just uh, show it up wherever I want. 
And and I thought that the Go was also a very educational thing. I mm. remember taking it with me to show people the Anne Frank experience. Yes. Um, of course, my brother has been um, working with loads of Go's to you know um, work with like older people to mm-hmm. sh- to take them back to places they went to in the past. I also know uh, a few companies who used it to, as as uh, Zim mentioned, you know, take it to hospitals and let them uh, play multiplayer games together because it's uh, very easy to you know understand, you know, uh, to to have that controller in your hand. There aren't many buttons. It's it's very straightforward. Um, but um, so personally, I still believe in three DOF. Um, it's good that Facebook has now said like, okay, we're going to focus on six DOF and let the rest of the market decide because there's a big market for 3DOF um, mm-hmm. there are still a lot of new headsets coming out and they get smaller and smaller too yeah. um, and there is I a d- lot of potential there uh, but it's good that they decided to just now focus I don't yeah. agree with not doing any updates I think that's a shame, a big shame. Also, because last year when we were at Connect, they roll out Oculus Business, let people invest their money into it, and then mm-hmm. suddenly pull the plug. That doesn't like that doesn't build a relationship, you know. Yeah. And that also makes me wonder that they kind of did it last moment, or did they just decide to roll out Oculus Business anyways? And yeah. I don't know. It's kind of strange. The, I it's actually have to say, since since Facebook's taken the helm and, and these decisions are being made. Uh, their cycle of support is even less than Apple's. Like, like you find like a year and a half later, and they're just pulling they're pulling the rug out from under your feet. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I was, I was even surprised they didn't like change the name to Oculus Gone. Like, Oculus <laughs> Gone. Gone. Rowdy. The, the <laughs> only the only thing that I am not going to miss about the the Go is the strap. That's all. Yeah. But uh, oh, besides you that, you don't like the strap. Really? No, I do not like the strap. No, I like the strap. I think- yeah, I think the thing yeah, is, yeah. like, uh, you yeah. know, I'm happy as a gamer to to say goodbye to 3DOF, but I do think it's a shame for business and education. I think, you know, it still has a life there. And I think, like you say, other companies out there will, will carry on with 3DOF for a like, little while longer yet. I think with the with the hand tracking update on the Oculus Quest, I think that 6DOF is, uh, is even business development so much better. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking here, okay, if, if you're lost in this conversation and you don't know what 3DOF and 6DOF mean, 3DOF is three degrees of freedom, which doesn't include positional tracking. Yes. And 6DOF mm. includes positional tracking. So if I move my head laterally over towards my shoulders uh, or look under my desk, it will know mm. where I am. Whereas with a Go, you move your head around, it doesn't it, follow you a, in the experience. It's a, it's a head right? on a stick. Head, on, head a on a stick is a good analogy. Yeah. In, in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. So are you, uh, are you sad about the, the end of Oculus Go, Guy? You know, I know this, you know, virtual desktop was on the Go, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, Virtual Desktop has been probably the most popular app on the Go since it launched. Yeah. Like, Oculus doesn't release numbers, but whenever I check the, the top selling apps, I'm always like number one, number two there. That's so, awesome. But I kind of understand because um, like my sales on Quest have been probably like 10 times what they are on Go. So mm-hmm. they're not selling that many. So mm-hmm. it's understandable. And, and I, I, I was expecting that to happen at some point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've imagine... seen some memes actually about that. There's this one, I don't know if we can show it on screen, it's like this comic, but uh, it's like, you know, the Quest um, has been so dominant and has been selling so many copies uh, yeah. that, uh, of course, the Go had to, you know, leave first, but I think the Rift S is going to be next. Uh, sorry to say, but... Uh, yeah, no, I expect that as well. 
I think you're absolutely right there because I, I today I was just curious because like obviously Phantom released last week. So again, you know, like I know it's not an accurate metric of like sales numbers, but I was looking yeah. at the reviews um, for Phantom on yeah. both Rift S and Quest. So I think for Rift S, let me just quickly just double check so I got the numbers right. Mm. But yeah, so right now uh, on Rift S and for Rift, Phantom Covert Ops got 32 reviews, right? All, all good reviews, pretty much. So that's that's great for them. Let's see how many uh, quest reviews they got because uh, this is where you really realise the numbers are completely skewed. So yeah, for for Phantom Covert Ops on Quest, two hundred and fifteen reviews. So mm. you know, I know it's not an accurate metric in terms of like, but it just gives you a good invocation of like the yeah. installation base is yeah. just way way bigger on Quest, way bigger on Quest yeah. than any other platform. Like like what Nathy said, a, a kind of a negative point. The one, the only thing on Go that I think I'm I'm absolutely happy to bury is its uh, power management and battery life. The yes. original power management was terrible, and even to this day, you charge your Go if it sits there for two days, and you go pick it up. Chances are dead. It's dead. Yeah. Um, which doesn't happen to the Quest. So they solve that with either software or whatever is on the on the CCB on the board on you know in the headset. Mm. I'm so yeah. glad that they fixed that. I am very interested. I do believe the Go has to die off, right, for the next thing to come. I am going to be really interested if they decide to unify and, and answer this question and then say do a mega, or like a substantial drop in price to the Quest would be something very attractive because it's a well-known device, very well-heralded. Um, I think if they're introducing another device at a lower price point, I'd be quite surprised if they I did that. Let's say if, if the quest starts to drastically drop in a way we have never seen before, you know the next one is coming and yeah. then you just got to wait it out. But uh, uh, the Go and the Rift S will merge into the quest and then we get the new headset that does I everything right. and it's just one product and mm -hmm. they just go full in with that. They're trying to sell right. it to the limit uh, going beyond the stars. Um, yeah. But still doesn't like take away that I'm definitely going to miss the Go even that I haven't used it in a while. I, I have to be honest, when I took it off the shelf, I had to dust it off, but I have very good memories of this headset, very specific memories, hanging out with Mike, doing fun stuff. Um, and also this, this is the headset that still has the best social features of all the headsets I tried. And, and uh, it might be a, a simple headset that doesn't give you any uh, six duff or whatever, but you know, it's social features. Yeah. My God, those were yeah. epic, man. Yeah. And I, I also, I do still hope and think that Oculus will still maintain the, the two headset kind of model that they have been pushing. I still think that we will have a pro version and like a, a consumer version. I think it'll be under one brand though. That would be my guess. It's kind of like what iPhone's mm. done. You know, you have like two models of the same mm. headset, one that's for the lower price point and one's for the people who can, you know, I think it would be smart for bucks. them to, yeah. to release a Quest Pro, I think so, yeah. Definitely. Well, people think about yeah. it. If they if they had like the the benchmark Quest and then a, a Quest Pro yeah. or some segmentation, yeah. it, I think it's probably the same processing power though. Because for developers, if you have two versions, then it becomes a lot harder to yeah. optimize for ah. each and all that. So I, I think if they do release a Pro, it would be for like um, additional features, or yeah. maybe they won't have the controllers on the basic one or some. Mm. Probably not, but. It's a good point because these are basically consoles now. You know, they're the yeah. VR, the VR consoles, the I, VR. Nintendo I think Switch we're, we're talking about like like a full on version where you have like maybe headphones, more more storage. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, stuff kind of like, like that. how the like PlayStation Four and PlayStation Four Pro 
I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm. But are you saying, guy, that say like uh, the new, say they did make a Quest Pro, for example, and they used like the brand new Snapdragon like XR2 chip, for example, you you, you won't get the uh, the old compatibility of old games on the new system. You don't think? Yeah, you can play your old games, but then. Um, I don't know. Developers I, would have to like split yeah. the development into like a new strand where you'd get and, the additional features. I mean, it's just a nightmare then because then you have to say, okay, maybe your game only works on Pro and not on the other one because it I needs see, more yeah. power. And then it's yeah. going to make developers, well, developers generally are lazy like me. They only want to target uh, one thing and then yeah. they just uh, do a quick uh, downport so, to something. So it wouldn't just be a case of like if your game was on this new hardware, it would just run better? Yeah, but you have the problem that some games will say, oh, it will only work on that one. And unless they put a rule in where they say, uh, if you develop for Quest, it has to work for both. That's interesting. How, how, do you answer, like, how do you answer that hunger, right? I mean, once you're a developer and you're like, oh, I can go with that ceiling instead of this ceiling, like the, the higher one. Like, I want to go after those features. I want to yeah. give that to my end user. You know, you, you don't. And so yeah. you have to make that choice, which ends up in consumer confusion. So, um, so, so what, what will happen to the store? of the go because how long is that going to be up how long is it still going to be up well, and running because yeah they said they're, they're going to maintain it up until uh, 2022 but no new app submissions and uh by the end of this year i i think even like as i said like marching all the headsets together is going to be a thing but also platforms because as you said there's almost no review on a phantom covert ups anymore so mm -hmm. why not just throw everything together and have yeah. one store and no no cross buy and that kind of stuff just mm -hmm. you know one store yeah. to rule them all well, I'm that sad. Is, that, that I'm is still sad. Going. I'm still sad. Yeah. Goodbye. I think we should goodbye. all just sort of like wave goodbye. Well, one minute go. of silence for you. <laughs> I'm going to cry with ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you served as well, but times have moved on. Sorry. I'm still going to keep mine. I don't know yeah, about of course. you. I'm going to keep mine. Yeah. Um, so now let's talk about, because um, something else was also uh, announced during this blog post where, you know, they said goodbye to the go, uh, because they also announced a new app distribution system for Oculus Quest, for content that isn't going to be sold through the official store. Now, this is where you know we, you know, historically we've used SideQuest in the past to install third-party apps, uh, but now they're saying, well, we've got another another option here. So this is what they said: uh, We've heard that many developers and enthusiasts are looking for easier ways to distribute apps outside of the Oculus Store. We're excited to announce that in early 2021, we'll offer a new way for developers to distribute app. Uh, Quest apps. This will enable developers to share their apps to anyone with a Quest without having to be accepted into the Oculus Store and without the need for sideloading. So they're removing the requirement of sideloading. And this is something that I was going to go straight to Guy with because I think you're mm -hmm. probably the most, <laughs> you know, you're the best person to probably talk about this because you've been in this situation where you've had uh, an app on the official store, then you've had to also branch out to having like the app on 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 SideQuest to mm. unlock you know uh, features such as like streaming uh, VR games to the Quest mm. wirelessly. Um, so what what do you think about this, and what do you think it means potentially for the future? I think it's a good thing because um, for us or for tech savvy folks, it's very easy to sideload, right? Oh, you install uh, drivers and you create a company and then you run a free a few things and it works. But for the majority of people, this is way too complicated. Uh, yeah. The majority of my support time, like I'd say probably a third of my time is helping people sideload. Like that's, oh, that's wow. what I do, it's crazy. So, uh, and SideQuest made it, it is actually awesome because it made that so much easier, right? Because it was yeah. not like on the command line, you could just have like a nice uh, graphical interface and it, it simplified this a lot. 
So I think yeah. it's a good thing that Oculus is moving in that direction. The 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 only drawback I see is I hope that uh, people can still sell their apps uh, or have a way to make money because if if indie developers are left out like they are now, most of them are left out of the quest. Yeah. They have even though they can put their app on the quest, they'll have no visibility whatsoever. So it'll be really hard to. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do, you do you think, think they're going to monetize um, the platform then? I'm guessing not. What I'm thinking it would look like is uh, what we have today on Going Gear VR, which is you can already do this today, which is to send a link to download an app that's not in the store, right? Yeah. You can distribute keys, right? So my guess it will be something like that, but that unfortunately doesn't have any visibility for the developers. So mm-hmm. it doesn't require side loading, but it it's just like a. So, so you're not saying we're gonna see like a little mini Kickstarter slash Oculus Share where people can vote it up or Steam Greenlight and then hope, it can finally get on the you know the store. But that yeah. would be nice. I think that would be good because then you get some really good support from everyone yeah. and you get a you know. Oh, Oculus Share was awesome when it was available on PC, and yes. I, I think having something similar would be would be the best avenue for. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't want to play like the devil's advocate, but do you think that this will give oculus any reason to stop supporting uh side quest uh, side questing at all installing side quests no i i think well i think it'll like it's hard to say i don't want to uh jinx it for the side quest folks but i kind of have a feeling it will kind of obsolete side quests in some way if they have like a uh like a share page where you can see all the available apps there and all that if they only do um like a key distribution method then side quest will still be there actually will make side quests easier because you won't have to go through the the whole company creation and adb mm-hmm. you know stuff. yeah so, so it could actually... i just i just wondered if, if 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 oculus now has this own kind of platform where they allow this kind of stuff on that they might make a decision or maybe maybe you don't think so mm-hmm. that they might make the decision of saying look we have this platform this is the platform people should use and any other platforms we're not going to make available anymore. So it's not even possible. Mm. To, I, uh, that would be a dick move <laughs> if they did that, I think. Yeah, I, I know, I know. So. But that, that's what I'm wondering with, with, with this kind of uh, thing coming on the horizon. Like, is that something that people have considered? Mm. Uh, or is that something that, are there other advantages for having side quests on there if like pretty mm. much some of the features go over to the Oculus platform as well? I think from from what I've seen from the SideQuest team that have tweeted stuff out, you know, in response to this um, post, is that they're actually quite positive about it. And and like Guy said, you know, it will it will reduce some of the friction uh, of of the average user to actually maybe experiment with some of this stuff. So it might actually be more helpful to like the side loading community. Yeah. But um, I do think it's important that the developers, you know, even if they're making this experimental um, software, that they they get paid for it. And I think, you know, it should be a monetized system, even if Oculus do take a small cut of it to a certain degree. I think it will help those indie devs out there uh, get some money back from their development time. So hopefully that's the case. And I do do like the idea that Nathan suggested where you kind of have this like green lighting system where, you know, you can upvote certain apps. And if they're good enough or they they reach a a certain threshold, that they then become in like an official app on the official yeah. store. It could That'd also be really like, cool. you know, it could even be <laughs> hidden within like the experimental tab, you know, where you turn that on and then mm. you get it in the store. I, I, I don't think it should be instantly accessible for new people because I think you do are re- you are responsible for 
you know, the experience someone has. You don't want to mm. throw them into something that is still, you know, a uh, work in progress. Um, but uh, it, it sounds like that Facebook has seen the success of yes. uh, of SideQuest, how it's getting done, how much also sales they they kind of made, um, and and uh, I'm happy that uh, to hear at least that part that I'm happy about is that um, that it will become legal again because I always had this problem where consumers were signing up as companies to be able to sideload. I always mm-hmm. had a problem with that because that made it super strange. And now I hope that they can at least give developers that, you know, that portal to develop and then the consumer something else that will also make them happy. Because I think this was a even a clusterfuck for them to get like these strange companies that don't exist or these weird scribbles of yeah. like companies. Because in the end, that that's what it's for, you know, uh, sideloading is for developers. Exactly. Uh, officially also also i think it uh, shows again like the the massive influence that this podcast has on like the decisions from, oh, yeah. uh, from facebook yeah, of yeah, course yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, only Took last well, week but, uh, i installed uh, i installed sidequest on my oculus quest so it's clear that <laughs> oculus then yeah, made the decisions it, yeah. like if even rowdy is doing it we need to come up with something else <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't feel very i feel quite apprehensive about this news yeah um, okay because i i, I I think it, 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 it's something that I, I just see as a, a market share control strategy uh, from Facebook to basically mm. say, I see this is growing. We originally cut this out from a QA perspective to give a clean you know, quest run. But there's obviously a pool here. And if we don't tap this now and get control of this now, rein it in, yeah. then later it's going to be much harder to grab. Um, so I, I think they're kind of trying to grab the train before it's bolted too far. Um, what that means, I doubt it's going to be as freeform or wild, wild west as what SideQuest has allowed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might be able to open up the gates to some extent, but it's yeah, but just that's... a decision away then from them, you know, taking a cut of the earnings. Yeah, uh, and look, it's their, it's, it's their device and, you know, sideloading. <laughs> Eventually, this was, this was kind of written on the walls, I feel. But yeah. I, I worry about the things breaking. I mean, yeah. being but frank, uh, Guy, uh, the, the, the worst thing that I could see is the same thing that, you know, we were saying in the corridors of Oculus Connect 4 and 5 is like, you know, I, I, I love your app and I hope it stays unbroken and I hope the Steam connection as well remains because it's one of the best applications on the planet in VR right now. And I say that completely honest, earnestly because it's just, it's so flexible. Um, and I hope that they do something to keep that alive. Uh, Respectful I mean, of what happens to side quest. I mean, there's always like there's always this community that is gonna create their own way to get into it. You know, um, as long as they can. As long as they can. Well, exactly. yeah, as long as they can. Um, mo- most of the things are technically hackable, right? Uh, nowadays, but yeah, if you can't get into it at all, yeah, then we're stuck with Facebook, and we just gotta obey the rules. But mm-hmm. I feel like you know, with SideQuest and everything, it has been a very nice kind of like hippie culture of everything exactly. is possible. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that yeah, the rules are gonna be strict for sure. Um, but well, think so about cool. it. Like, what did we have in the calendar? Like, we used to have we had share. That was again. I'll use Nathy's words: hippie culture. Then we yeah, moved to culture. this like early access thread, which was um, very poor, <laughs> just in my opinion, <laughs> right the way through from from the content to the way it looked to where you found it on the store to Still visibility, fit, kind of visible, of not great, least, right? So we went from no. like there down, 
And then now we're on side quests. The side quest is kind of reliving the share dream and even better than share was. Yeah. I would mm -hmm. say it's more visible, it's it's mm -hmm. straightforward, even non-enthusiasts can handle it, and it's got a bunch of extras. Um, what will this next thing be? Are we gonna ride this roller coaster up a notch or down a notch? My thought is it's gonna be kind of a parody point, but then the thing I'm concerned about really isn't near future. It's actually a year or two down the road when someone makes the decision to say, okay, well, we've got this and we can then make a change. And they've actually at that point got control of the whole environment. And it's be very hard to step away from it. So let's, let's sort of wrap this up then by asking Guy one final question about this. So like personally, are you worried about this or do you, are you sort of like, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. I'm optimistic. Okay. But, um, I always have uh, doubts that it will work as we expect because there's always like yeah. something that that's going to bother us. But you yeah. know, I'm, I'm optimistic. I hope Oculus will see the value in having uh, lots of, uh, of, of, you know, developers working on things and experimenting. And I think it's a yeah. great, it adds a lot of value to the quest. So I think so too. Yeah, I, I hope the same thing. But of course, you know, they, they didn't want to share any details about what they're actually planning. Mm. And, uh, you know, this isn't coming until early uh, 2021. So maybe we'll find out a little bit more at Oculus Connect. But I don't think so, to be honest. I think it'll come probably later. Um, but that is a, a new distribution uh, system coming to Quest uh, in the future uh, that will make sideloading content potentially easier, but then could stifle creation in the long term or, you know, more problems could arise from it. But we'll have to wait and see what happens so fingers crossed that well, either way that sidequest survives you know in some at least form. at least we have something to talk about in in the future on this podcast right when there's no news we have least of this <laughs> exactly <laughs> so we're, we're running out of time because you know we've got plenty to talk about still so let's let's round up the news then this week with uh the the catwalk c and this is the omnidirectional treadmill uh, available now on kickstarter now this campaign has done surprisingly well i thought you know it wasn't going to do this well but it's doing it's very well indeed um, they're sec they've secured over a million dollars in funding already, and this has just been available for a week already. Yeah. Uh, the campaign first 24 hours they hit that, right? Yeah, <laughs> the the campaign has got like 34 days left to go, and they've already got a million in the Jesus. bank, so they're doing very what? well. Wait, wait, um, wait, 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 treadmill and more than a million on Kickstarter. I think that's just broken. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, they, they did it in a very smart way. So let me just tell you how they did this, and it, you know it's very smart. So they launched the early early bird. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with Kickstarters, you have early bird deals. So the, the the quicker you get in there and secure your your sort of backing, you get it at a better price. So they they started the pricing at six nine nine for early bird backers, and then what they did was they limited the supply. And then when the initial supply of six nine nine backers ended, they bumped up to seven nine nine, then eight nine nine, and now all those early bird deals are sold out. So now if you want to back one of these omnidirectional treadmills, you have to back 999 US dollars. Um, but also, you know, to be fair to them, this is the first time we've seen a consumer focused uh, VR treadmill, you know, like the Omni that was yeah. before it was more sort but, of... But they was, originally all started out very consumer focused. The Omni was very consumer focused in the beginning that they yeah. that they did their Kickstarter. No. For sure. yeah, their, marketing, but their marketing was for sure. But also, yeah. I don't think they were this price. I think it was way more expensive. Uh, I don't remember exactly don't the numbers, but I think it was way more expensive than a thousand bucks. You'll have to like have a look and see if. Uh... if I remember correctly. I think was... Okay, 
So still a little bit less, but you know, snapping one up for six nine nine. But I was surprised that there's a, a market for this, particularly in yeah. the consumer land. You know, I, I thought yeah. VR arcades might snap these up. Um, oh, yeah. Just to quickly comment on the price for the Virtuic Omni, it was two hundred forty nine for a DIY kit. So if you would put it together yourself, it was two hundred forty nine dollars. Ah, uh, yeah, because I remember, um, what was it? Early was bird it? price was 249 There was a guy in Houston VR or something. He, he drove with a truck down to Texas to pick it up and what assembled about, it. What about assembled? Yeah. What's the price for assembled? Do you know? Do you have uh, that there? I, I, can, I can look it Yeah, look up. it up. I'd be um, interested to know. <laughs> but basically now, you know, if you want one of these Catwalk C omnidirectional treadmills, you have to pay 999 And they state that you yeah. should get your treadmill by the end of this year. Although, you know, Kickstarters tend to be very ambitious mm. with the delivery dates Plus, take that with like you're launching it in a pandemic too so yeah we'll go on Riley. what's the what's the price the the the, the all-in omni all-in uh, so you get the omni plus the omni rack and the exclusive t-shirt a signed poster wow. and a mini omni for 539 dollars so it's way cheaper was, <gasps> wow yeah. i did not expect that at <laughs> all really and you get a shirt too man yeah, yeah I, shirt. I, I, where, I really where's think a shirt, I, Catwalk? Seriously. Yeah, where's the shirt? <laughs> I'm really curious. Like, we're talking the about heck? consumers backing this thing on Kickstarter. Like, it's got to be two or three months of being indoors. I mean, like, I can't go anywhere. I've got space. Just give me a treadmill and I can, you know, well, play what games and what get exercise. What they are saying, how they differentiate themselves between the Omni, for example, is they're saying that this is the most compact omnidirectional treadmill that has been on the market so far. That's um, important. That's very important. And that's what they're saying. Um, now, Nathy, he's had hands-on, well, feet-on experience with this thing. So maybe we also should pass, pass it over to the, the expert. Maybe you can tell <laughs> us expert. a bit more about your, your experience. Because you went to visit Catwalk directly at their, their yeah. base in China, right? Before yeah. the pandemic hit. So, you know, don't, don't worry. He, so, he was the one that started all this, but he, he was all right when he was there. <laughs> I, I started it? Yeah. Yeah, I was the one that started in Europe, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, true. Now, so my, my new job title is now a treadmill expert. Right. Yes, I did. Yes. Um, I did try a different ones. I did try the Virtuex Omni. Yes, I did try the Virtualizer. I think that's a German company. I yes. think it's also one of the newest ones. And then I tried the Catwalk C and the uh, Infinidec. Uh, and tried and also that one. Yes, yeah. yes. But that was um, that that one is not available for consumers no. or business. Well, I don't know if they sell it to businesses, but that's that's a total different league, okay? Yeah, Infinite it is, deck. it is. Yeah. We should talk about it sometimes because I think it's it's an awesome thing that shows us the future. Um, yeah. So um, just talking about the, the, the Kickstarter, uh, I was also surprised, to be honest, that it was selling out so quickly. I think uh, there have been a lot of arcades who just bought it in, in, in bulk. Uh, mm -hmm. There were also consumers buying one. Um, and then you, of course, have, um, I think, like uh, health and army, uh, you know, uh, businesses also buying in. So we're talking about like some of them, just they buy like 20 of those. You know what I mean? So I mm -hmm. think the number is very high, but that's, that's not just consumers. I think the consumer part is actually lower. And I think the majority is like businesses buying these. Uh, yeah. Because for arcades, it's also interesting because these, as you said, are the smallest ones on the market right now and also the cheapest. Um, so, first of all, um, we spoke on this podcast about treadmills before. Um, yes. Rowdy did a whole thing about it. Uh, it's, it's on the channel under clips. Uh, I, I would definitely watch it because it still stands as a, a very informative you know, video about why treadmills are not necessarily simulating 
uh, how we walk uh, mm -hmm. in real life. And that was the same for me with the Catwalk C and all the other treadmills that I tried. Uh, it does not simulate how you walk in real life. It's like you learn to walk in a new and uh, funky way, especially the first time you do it. Um, for some people, that means like a, a long learning curve, a steep one. For others, it might take two days, you know, if you're like, you know, play on it for hours and hours and you keep trying, I'm sure you can get into it. Um, and when I was at the office, they had a guy there who was uh, showing us how it worked, you know. Uh, he, of course, tests treadmill in a very intense way. It's also his job. He was very good at it, but at least it showed that it is possible to master a treadmill to a certain degree and run on it and crouch on it and, and turn around, walk backwards, strafe, everything. Everything you want when you play VR games. Um, then I tried it myself. As I said, I have never been a big fan of treadmills so far. Um, so I, I already had an idea of what it was going to be like. Um, and, and for a part, it did confirm that. But um, what I uh, was actually pretty uh, impressed by is for the first time, I got to dive into the software of these treadmills. And they showed that they are able with like, let's say uh, machine learning to uh, make it more accurate, make it smarter, make it uh, work better with every game. It's kind of like what Oculus does with hand tracking. Like the more people use it across the board, the more it will learn how people, you know, move on it and we'll be able to convert that to every and each game. Um, and so I played uh, three games. I played uh, Half-Life Alyx. I played Vertigo 2, the demo, and I played The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Uh, Saints and Sinners wasn't a great success because that was a very early build. Uh, because when I tried it, uh, you know, it wasn't even out yet. I just got my access and they were working on it while we were trying it on the treadmill. So that didn't really, you know, uh, that wasn't a good test. But Vertigo 2, definitely. Uh, Half-Life Alex was interesting too. Let me just start with Half-Life Alex. So as you guys may know, uh, if you play Half-Life Alex, uh, there's just one walking speed. Uh, you can't, well, run. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it feels like, like fast walking in Half-Life. I don't know how to say it. Mm -hmm. So in that one, it was interesting to see how it just manages that one speed and attaches to it. Uh, I was very surprised that it worked so well. Uh, and while I was trying it, they were able to also tweak it on the computer uh, because they were like engineers sitting there and constantly changing the numbers and stuff. Um, but with Vertigo 2, an actual game that is, you know, supporting different ways of locomotion, supports uh, different speeds, you know, it has like a speed curve that is different to Half-Life Alyx. Um, that was very challenging and you could really see that um, a treadmill like this works but also doesn't, you know, it, it, it has ups and downs. But the more they messed around with the software, the better it got. Um, but it wasn't perfect. It was always mm -hmm. kind of off, you know, where you were running or walking and then you stopped and then there was a small delay or where uh, you felt kind of restricted in a sense, where it's like, it's not on point. I'm walking this fast, but in the game, it doesn't match. And in that sense, you, you like I got motion sick sometimes where the the walking speed yeah. in, in game with how you move in real life doesn't match. And in your brain, that doesn't <laughs> make any sense, right? And that's interesting because they they would they they state that this is a like almost a cure for motion sickness that using a treadmill will will solve that problem. Well, yes, yes, if it's if it's calibrated right, if it's calibrated right, then I can confirm it works very well and you're immersed and it's a good workout and it's great. But if it's not on point, then you get really sick. And mm. something they didn't say on their Kickstarter, and that's the biggest downside of treadmills. Okay, so if you walk in a flat game, it's fine, right? 
But if you go up a staircase or you go downhill, it feels like you're floating or something. It's super strange. So mm. as long as you play Pavlov or Onward and it's sort of flat, it's fine. It's fine. But if there are height differences, dude, it feels like you're mentally or physically running through your environment, through your yeah. objects. And that, again, like results into motion sickness depending on how strong your VR legs are. But it yeah. will never be natural. Um, and this is something that every treadmill has because I don't know if you guys know any treadmill that has like moves you up and down or something. Even the infinite deck doesn't have that. But that's a problem. And uh, of course, the early adopters who are buying into this, they are willing to kind of deal with that mm. uh, because there is nothing else in the market I, that will change. I, I, I think... There's only one that does the staircase motion. I've seen it, but it was a prototype, and it, it had a. You kind mean of the a, one where they step onto the different uh, little? Yeah. Yes, but it's it not, not onto different products. segments. But no, it's no. not a consumer product. It exactly. might Everything else is flat that I know, or a bucket. <laughs> and but, you also have the ones with the uh, with the modules that move to the back and the and the front the entire time. Yeah, but again, that's right. not a consumer product, right? But I think the no. thing is, like, the problem has been that I've seen a lot of people hyping this up. Like, a lot of people, like, going oh, yeah. crazy over this. Uh, like, oh, my God, this is Ready bad. Player One. This is going to be amazing, well, you know. That's, and, and, that's, and, that's the problem with treadmills, as you say, like, Ready Player One. Like, from the outside, it, it's a very appealing product. It's easy yes. to sell. If we make a treadmill right now, Mike, and we slap our name on it, everyone is going to buy it because, yeah. wow, look at this treadmill. From the outside, it looks amazing. But yeah. trying it is a total different story. And I think uh, I totally uh, agree with you there because the, I was very hyped about treadmills right up until the point that I actually tried, <laughs> tried one. one. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. when I tried the Omni uh, Gamescom like two years ago. And ever yeah. since then, I've just been like, I'm not interested in VR treadmills at all. So no. when this kind of resurfaced and we're kind of seeing this resurgence of this because yeah. we were around when the Omni was announced as well, that I was surprised mm -hmm. that it got backed so heavily. But like I, yeah. I think you said, I think arcades are snapping them up cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, I'll, I'll give them this though. Like, I do think it's an interesting device. I do think that a lot of the, of the things that they do at are steps in the in the right direction um like i've seen that they've included well not specifically the features for like walking specifically uh because i i still i still stick by my point that i don't think that uh, like a slide on treadmill is any kind of way that you can simulate walking with mm. but i do like the features that they add to make it a better use for consumers like for example they have a cruise mode on there yeah where you need to kind of tap on somewhere and it will like move forward pretty sure the, the only had that as well backwards though. yeah yeah but but i mean they're they're advertising oh. these kind of features as, mm, yeah. as the beginning they have w ways of crouching you can't go prone of course so i mean you just have to go crouching they support uh jumping so yeah. it, like i see this more as a device where you can like stand in one location and then move as such, mm. instead of using your uh, thumbsticks. But I don't see it as a walking simulator. It, I think that's I, fun for a little while, but I, I still don't no. see that really happening. Honestly, the cruise mode, I wasn't very interested in that because if you want cruise mode, just use your thumbstick. Exactly. Uh, like, yeah. why do you buy a treadmill for, uh, to, you know? But it's nice it's there because if you only have to walk and you're forced to do that all the time, then yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think what, what we're talking about here is that it gets branded as consumer, but it is still very experimental. It's consumer slash early adopter we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I Where would someone say this, wants to invest yeah. money into something that might be the future, that, yeah. that might be the first version of something. But yeah. this is not for consumer consumer. I am yeah. so relieved, I gotta say. I, I, am, I am so relieved that we didn't have to go through a podcast where Nathan was trying to convince me that treadmills were worth my time and money. Because <laughs> oh. I think by design, 
I am not interested in any treadmill solution. You are not, and this is Rowdy made those great points in, in the point in the in the clip that uh, mm -hmm. Nathan mentioned. Like you're not going to fix that problem until no. the solution changes enormously and yeah. probably to the point where we're getting that little slip surgery well, and getting you know direct yeah, interface the, the to the reason, brain. The, the not reason, fix it. Yeah, but the reason why you're like they do it this way right now is because this is the only affordable way to sell something similar because Infinitec we can't we're not there yet so this is okay. the cheapest alternative you can get and still kind of have the feeling you're walking in VR but on a total different way because the Infinitec gets way closer to how it really feels yeah. like when sure. you're walking but again yeah. that height like, like I said like I said in that in that in that clip as well like I, I, I don't think that these kind of walking simulators will work but I do think that the that these kind of devices are necessary to be developed and to be researched because that's the only way that we get to an ultimate solution, including yeah. the staircases, including the walking simulators. So I do support these developers into making a device, but I, I do hope that people realize that what they're getting will not be that ultimate solution. Yeah, and I think uh, that's key that to, to understand. Everything. And someone yeah. asked in, in the chat, you know, is the catwalk compatible with the Quest? Well, it's only compatible with PC VR headsets right now. So you could use a Quest with Link. With Link, yes. Um, but also you need to bear in mind that you need to come up with some sort of cable management system because that isn't included that comes in the with, bundle. That, oh, that, that comes, comes with, with it now? It. Okay, yeah, okay. Now, because they sold so much, they're like, you know, okay. like, screw it, let's just... Uh, um, that's good to yeah, know. But, uh, that, that's, like, that's why uh, I'm happy that I went and that I was able to make a video because if people are hyping this stuff up, it, yeah. You get the wrong idea, yeah. you know? And you can hype it up for the early adopters, like, wow, you get the opportunity to, you know, get a sense of what this could be in the future. Yeah. That's great, but, you, like, everyone who's an influencer, everyone who talks about this needs to understand that you're responsible for people's experience yeah. in VR. Yeah. And if, if someone buys a treadmill and they do it based on some good feedback and based on some opinions that are yeah. fair and that make because i could have made a video and tell everyone like oh yeah treadmill ready play one oh look at me i'm wait what whoa 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 vr chat whoa whoa like this whatever the thing is would have worked everyone would have believed me mm. okay and it would oh. be good for me because you know <laughs> i approve treadmills here we yeah. freaking go but the thing is I wouldn't have believed it's not, you. It's no. not yet. It's not yet. No, but there are enough people who do believe that kind yeah. of stuff. I agree you know? with your point. And that's that's not only with treadmills. That's also with haptic suits. That's with gloves. That's with everything. You yeah. need to make people aware who this is for, what you're getting into, yeah. what the experience is like, what are the ups, what are the downs. Um, but what I'm saying here is this, that I do believe that with software, they are mm -hmm. able to make it way better than it ever was. And I've seen it, and I think it's going to be very interesting how far they can update this treadmill yeah. with software updates. So for me, I, it was more like, point. wow, software is driving a treadmill in a different way than I ever thought. I think it needs support from the actual game developers to be good. Because right now, the only thing it's simulating is a thumbstick up or thumbstick yeah. right, left, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't do anything really good or immersive no. of that. So. No. It, it will be a gimmick until uh, game developers add support for that. But then yeah. go ask a developer to add support for a peripheral that yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. 100, 200 and, people will and, have. And, you know. Exactly. And, and to that point, if there's a company that is doing that really greatly, it's yeah. it's ProTube, of course, with their Force Tube. Mm -hmm. They have actual developers yeah. like Pavlov and contractors and, and, and onward that use those kind of hardware devices in order to implement it into their game. Yep. And the experience yep. you get then is, is mind-blowing. But, yeah. still, but still, it's got to it's gotta end up at the platform. 
It's, it's got to yeah. end up at the platform level. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, you're just going to end up drawing a little circle on the yeah. calendar of 10 games, 20 games, 30 games that do that great yeah. support. So It needs to be at the platform. So it, like the, the software uh, already comes pre-calibrated with titles. I think on their Kickstarter there's mm -hmm. more information about that. Um, but yeah, having the bigger ones on board, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. The developers need to be involved to make it perfect. But I'm sure there are a lot of developers who run... Uh, you know, uh, companies that also try treadmills and are also uh, not very sold on the idea. Yeah. So yeah, that that like if Cat uses the money that they get not only to produce them, but also to you know uh, maybe invest into developers to do so. Yeah. Uh, then you get somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's very important. You need the games. Uh, got yeah, a question like for Nathy on this, just on the name, because Catwalk C is kind of an odd name. Does the C stand for cup because it's one of these slippery cup treadmills? Or do I you know what no that idea. actually stands for? I have no idea. I, I, I think I told them that I wasn't fond of the, the name um, because the previous uh, uh, previous one was called Catwalk Mini. This this one could have been called the Catwalk Mini actually, mm. um, but I don't know. I don't know why they. I think they were kind of hinting towards you know chipsets and stuff like that. But I don't know. Like the Chinese have a very uh, interesting uh, view on on uh, prototypes name prototype mm. names and stuff like they could have gone for catwalk neo or whatever you know uh, but i think but, i think the key here is like you know talking about like products that have done it well i think b haptics are a product you know that was very very niche and then they started implementing game support and i think they've really true. nailed it now at this point um yeah. but talking about uh, treadmills you know when i tried it you know you have to wear the specialist shoes it's the same deal with the catwalk by the way you need yeah. these special shoes you know yeah. that reduce the friction when you put your foot down but it's like it's like almost being bambi on ice you know you 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 feet really slip around it feels and a bit like, like shuffling you, you've got to learn how to walk again basically but and it doesn't on feel a new natural way. on a new yeah, way it doesn't feel natural at all and i think the no. biggest problem we've seen is that people are hyping up that never even tried a treadmill in the first place but no one no one ever says like that that a treadmill is not simulating like they always yeah. sell it as it simulates how yeah. you walk that's not true it's just a total new way of doing it that is yeah. interesting but it's not how you usually walk yeah. on the side uh, yeah you know? so i think you yeah. know like you like you know, Rowdy said, I think it's, it's good that there's companies out there that are trying this stuff. But I just think, you know, if you're a consumer and you're looking at this thinking it's going to be the next revolutionary piece yeah. of hardware to add to your VR gaming room, I would be a little bit skeptical about it. That's all I'd say. The, 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 the only problem that I'm going to, that I see in the future, and that's what I've seen with other treadmills, is that you have people investing a lot of money into this. Then they, for example, decide to make a video on YouTube where they decide to share their thoughts on Reddit or stuff like that. But they bought so heavily into this that they are willing to defend it with their lives yeah. and are not telling the whole story. And that will result again into a new wave of people that should not be buying this yeah. right now. Yeah. And and that, that, as I said, like to everyone, you know, who is going to get a treadmill or already owns one, you are really like, you know, you're responsible for how people you know, are going to jump into VR. It's very easily to tell the wrong thing. Um, it's just like, you know, tell the whole story. Yeah. You know? when, I, when I tried it, one, It costs actually, a lot of money, but, yeah. you know. When I tried one, I actually preferred the Cyber Shoes, and even that isn't a particularly great product. <laughs> uh, because I thought, well, yeah, at least yeah, yeah. Cyber Shoes is less money. You can easily tuck it away somewhere. It gives you... You know, it gives you a similar sense of sensation in that it doesn't feel natural, but it's just no. a different way of feeling that the also best, doesn't feel natural. The best uh, thing that you can try, in my opinion, right now is what Nimsoni did, where you walk on the spot. Yeah, that's the thing that I really like, uh, uh, and that's something that works, you know, pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, this is for early adopters. Uh, it's good to see that people are investing into it because this, as Rowdy said, will result into, you know, new uh, plans. I'm very yeah. curious if 
Cat is able to, you know, deliver this during these, you know, hard times. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do have to give them props for the marketing. You know, they were very, you know, communication-wise, very clear. The yep. videos look good. Um, but I think that's also important because you're selling a treadmill. And that's same with B-Haptics. It all looks super fancy because it's all so experimental. So you, yeah. with the marketing, you can really boost up the, you yeah. know. I well, wish, wish them the best of luck with it. You know, they've oh, already yeah, sure. obviously done something right, you know, getting this number yeah. so far. Um, yeah. But we're sort of running out of time a little bit. So uh, <laughs> is there anything you wanted to add, Zim? Just super fast. Is there a side quest app that works with a real treadmill? Because that it, that Not would be attract, more attractive to Not me on than Quest. Else. Sorry, not on Quest. Yeah, no. no, but the thing is with Quest, you could take it outside on a cloudy day and just do it outside, and that'll be, bike, feel way better. Bike. Yeah, <laughs> just like to, just go you, rent you, a warehouse. Are you recommending people run around with their Quest <laughs> on outside on a cloudy day? You can do it. Sure, I've tried it before, and it feels way more natural than doing it on a train. <laughs> highway? Was, you mean next to the highway? Not on a highway, but no. To but there's be not safe an app that like <laughs> you can use. Like I, I, well, I haven't can, seen you can, yet. You can run off in boundaries, like in fast travel games and stuff like that. We saw with like Ugon Virtual, who did that. You know, where you ran on a beta oh, okay. football field. But I mean, the game, play, something fun to do. Yeah. Playing, so. uh, you know, was it Apex uh, Construct? He did that. You know, yeah. you could do that. Be, that'd well, be way better experience than right? using a treadmill. Be cheaper as well. Just get someone <laughs> to spot you. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> let's move away from treadmills. We're all very skeptical of them. If Catwalk can change our minds ultimately, then hats off yeah. to them. But at the moment, like all the other treadmills, we're very, very skeptical. So take yeah. that, uh, you know, as it is. So. A hot topic this week is uh, obviously talking to our special guest, uh, Guy Godin, creator of Virtual Desktop. And I thought we would sort of open it up to the chat as well. So if you've got a question about Virtual Desktop on any of the platforms, if you're a fan of it, uh, you know, or you want to ask some questions, then go ahead and we can read some of them out uh, after the sort of little chat that we have. Um, but let's sort of start off then, um, Guy, with telling us a bit about your background um, prior to getting into VR maybe and, and that sort of like that moment where you were like, okay, VR is the answer. I'm sold on that. Let's go full time on this. And this is going to be the rest of my life now. How, how did that all happen? Um, well, I started in VR in 2014. At the time, I was working part time and um, I had lots of free time. So I, 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 I saw the Kickstarter and I didn't really pick up on it. Only a year later, when Facebook decided to buy Oculus, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Maybe I should check it out. So yeah. I got a DK1 and then I started experimenting with it. And I was seeing uh, uh, the guys from Tested, uh, Will Smith, and I was seeing him playing Euro Truck Simulator. And he had to like take off his headset and put it back. And he was like trying to use his computer through it, closing one eye. And I was like, this is horrible. Why? It's split to the computer. Why can't you just see your computer screen? And so I, you know, that's when I decided to, to work on something that lets you see your screen in VR. Nice. And did you have any experience with like similar apps or similar concepts prior to this? Or was it just a case of, right, this is a problem, let's go solve it? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I used to, I, I worked in the video game industry as a tool engineer. So okay. I did uh, things like level editors, uh, uh, texture management tools and things to help artists get um, uh, art into games. So yeah. I didn't really have any game engine experience or... Uh, any VR or anything like that. So I just started learning on my own and, and you know, reading the SDK. Because uh, the, they did a really good job at uh, giving good documentation for the SDK. So uh, that's where I started and you know, wow. it just grew from there. And what about your like education prior to like getting into the gaming industry? Like what, what you know, say there's a budding app creator out there and they want a sort of career path into sort of developing apps for games or maybe VR games. Like what, what sort of uh, education did you have like leading up to your employment into the game in, games industry? Uh, I did a, a bachelor's degree in computer engineering. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I gotta say that almost none of this is quite useful for the gaming industry <laughs> because they, okay. they teach you really old technologies that are no longer used, or they they teach you like, uh, um, yeah. So I, maybe I use ten percent of what I've learned in college, really. So the, wow. the rest is is stuff you learn on your own. So uh, doing side projects outside of school hours, and it's probably what I'd recommend. Uh, just learn on your own you know you have the internet you can anybody can really learn so yeah that's really interesting that's really interesting so like that was how like the idea and the concept of virtual desktop was kind of born um and then how many people have have worked on virtual desktop like from its inception um i've been mostly uh the only person working full-time i have contractors to help with uh art and uh, some programming as well um but we're probably a team of uh, three or four uh and uh but yeah, I, I want to keep it small. I don't want to grow it into like a, a business and have venture capitalists in there and just to mess with the priorities of the app and all that. I, I listen to what the users want and I implement it. And so far it's been working great, so. Yeah, and you've got a really like passionate uh, community following as well. Like whenever there's virtual desktop stuff posted, like when you recently posted about the hand tracking update, you know, it always gets like shared on like Reddit and everything else. And people are really, really happy that, you know, these new features are coming to the platform. It must be great to have that sort of passionate community behind the app as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Like if it wasn't for the the folks on Reddit and Discord and all that, like I I wouldn't be here. So it's because of people, uh, like I don't buy any... uh, promotion or I don't have ads anywhere so yeah. it's 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 amazing that the community is able to to support me that way so I'm really thankful for them yeah and in terms of like obviously you started off launching the app on Steam VR and then um, you know moving to the Oculus Go like we discussed earlier like yeah. was that the kind of like one of the biggest challenges you faced as a developer is moving it to a mobile platform or was there other problems that were were trickier to overcome uh, no, because um, unlike other similar apps, I didn't want to shoehorn the PC version of the app into a mobile version. I didn't want to do that. So I really started from scratch with the mobile version. You know, it, uh, developing on, on Android is very different than Windows, uh, different APIs, uh, different constraints for memory, for GPU and all that. So I, I started f- from scratch and I had a good idea of what I wanted to do. but. Uh, I and I started the app three years ago when I decided to go full time. So I, my PC app was doing well. I decided, okay, let me work on a mobile version for Going Gear VR, and I was just like experimenting, and and then it actually went well. It, it like there were some hiccups here and there, but uh, for the most part, uh, the development went went pretty well. So. Yeah, like it's a super solid app. Like, you know, Zim has used the, the Go version, you know, to play sim racing, you know, with a steering wheel set up using SteamVR, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, have you have you come across any other sort of like really unique or interesting use cases from the community of using your app in a way that you maybe never even anticipated? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I first had the app, people were, were asking oh, it wouldn't be nice if you could watch 3D movies. And at the time, you know, there was no apps that did 3D movies. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll just split the image in half and then whatever is on the left side, I'll send to the left eye and what's on the right side, I'll send to the right eye. And then people are like, oh, actually, it's pretty cool. 3D is actually awesome. And then like a lot of other apps started to incorporate 3D movies into their apps because it was popular. So uh, yeah, most of the features that I have today on the PC app were all suggestions from the community. Uh, people were like, oh, it'd be nice if you could uh, play 360 videos and not have to switch apps and all that. So I added yeah. a 360 video player, I added 360 photos, 
and yeah. it just streamlines everything because you, it's all in one app and you don't have to take the headset off. And I, I, I think that that makes you like you're, you're really standing out as a developer uh, and, and, and being very unique in the way where you know you use these short lines to develop you know what does the community want and it mm-hmm. ends up with you straight away well with others it's like yeah we gotta you know look at their budget and we gotta do this and that and yeah. you're kind of like you know you, you go to the, to, 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 the, to the baker or something like hey can you maybe make this for me and it's like yeah sure let's uh, see how it turns out you know and I, I think that's awesome uh, and that makes you know virtual desktop such a you know innovative uh, mm-hmm. um, app like the idea to stream VR games for the mobile version initially I hadn't planned like I saw there was the ALVR that was there but and then every like literally everyone asks in the YouTube video and all that hey can you stream VR games and I had to say no you can't no you can't and then I realized well maybe I should look into it see you know what can I do what can I improve from what's there and then since then you know it's the most popular feature some folks even on Quest don't realize that you can see your desktop and watch movies and other things so they only think, only see the VR streaming feature and that was kind of interesting because um, it launched as a feature, right? Um, and then kind of had to be segmented. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that because that's kind of an, an, an interesting story. Yeah, so um, I was working on it uh, uh, during the last few months before Quest released. And I think it was like two weeks after Quest release, I had, you know, something kind of working. So I just put it in and I was hoping people would discover it and all that. And then some people found out about it. Oh, you can just launch Steam and it works. And and then it kind of exploded from there and lots of people started using it and were happy. It was it was not great at the time. It was a bit laggy and the controllers had more latency than that and all that. Um, and then Oculus, uh, you know, got aware of it and they, they asked me to remove the feature from the official store app. And that was I, that was so... Did they ask that nicely or was that more like a, uh, a takedown <laughs> request? <laughs> yeah, it was more like a takedown request. It wasn't, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I worked on this for like, four or five months uh, and I was kind of devastated that I spent all this time and it, yeah, of it couldn't be used uh, but then SideQuest came around and I was like oh I could actually put the feature on there and you know but what was that was that like a communication thing or was that just you know you just follow up the rules and uh, you just develop what you're allowed to develop and that's it like well, how... I was never I was I never had to ask if I'm allowed to develop anything, right? I just work on whatever people ask. Okay. And so that's you could what... Just... Okay. So I actually, I just wanted to ask a question here. So this is the thing about you that I find the most interesting, Guy, is that you've got, um, as I said before, you've got this kind of tenacious nature about you where you just go feature and feature and feature. And sometimes then, kind of like what happened to... I don't know, Google, <laughs> Google Labs. Sometimes you get to this like snowball of things and it's like you, you totally miss the great stuff that's coming out. Do you have, how do people stay informed with your updates and are there any like specific things that you've worked on, developed and released that maybe your virtual desktop users don't know about but should know about? Yeah, mostly on the PC side uh, because Oculus like released their own Oculus desktop, right? So it kind of, uh, killed my app there on their store. Uh, like it's saying, like the sales are horrible there, right? They're like twentieth uh, of what I have on Quest. So, um, and wow. the thing is, people don't see all the other features it has because the desktop app has a ton of stuff. Like I said, video player, uh, three sixty photos. Uh, you know, it has positional audio when you're in theaters. You can have like a seven point one surround sound. Like I spend a lot of time on audio, 
and <laughs> nobody notices that. Like they just put in a review, they give you one star. So it's the same as the Oculus one. It's, well, no, it actually does well. a lot more things. <laughs> and it's harder to sell that version now today because uh, you know Steam has their own built-in viewer and Oculus has their own app. And Oculus even named their Oculus desktop. They virtual. named it Virtual Desktop just yep. to add insult to injury. So, <laughs> so it's a support uh, nightmare for that in that case, yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, for the chat, maybe I'm noting down the questions that people are asking. Sure. So if they yeah. want to ask more right. questions, there are already a lot of questions. So we might uh, we might need to keep that a little bit in mind for, uh, sure. for the interview. I've just got one more question before we move, maybe move on to the um, the, the chat questions, because uh, a lot of people talk about like the performance between like using the official Oculus Link cable. And in some instances, people say, well, actually, virtual desktop performs better. And is that yeah. a bandwidth restriction issue when using the official link cable compared to using virtual desktop? Um, I think mostly the issue is that um, the Oculus runtime will use a async uh, a space warp and so ASW on the PC side, and that that kind of adds a bit of uh, overhead. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I you know I can't speak specific to their implementation because it's a black box, right? But I know yeah. that virtual desktop tends to perform a lot better. Um, for games, even though it renders at a slightly higher resolution than than Link right now, mm. so uh, people that have a lower end GPUs will have better performance with uh, with virtual desktop in that regard. So. Really interesting, and yeah, go for it. Let's let's open it up to the chat and sort of uh, fire yeah. away with some of their questions. All right, so we had uh, ProTube actually asking uh, if you will make virtual reality desktop available on other HMDs, like for example the Pico Neo. Uh, some people ask that. Um, Maybe I might look into it, but it's such a small market that, mm -hmm. like the develop, the development time would be quite uh, long, uh, because unlike other uh, most other games out there, I I develop on top of the native SDKs, so the mobile SDK uh, um, for the Quest. So if I need to support a new headset, it's not just like checking a box and then adjusting a few things. It's it's like I have to implement the entire SDK and then. Uh, you know, so it's probably something like six months of work at least. So I don't think I'm going to do that right now because I still have a lot of features I want to work on and improve the the app for Quest yeah, because course, there's so many users on Quest that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if there are any questions that you wish not to comment on, feel free to say so. You know, don't feel obliged to <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> to comment on like the, the the maybe more specific ones. Uh, we have, uh, for example, this one, uh, we have Jamie Cruz asking, has Oculus asked for your assistance or IDs for using Link without the cable? No, they haven't. <laughs> I don't think they will. But I, 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 I'm pretty sure that they're working on a wireless feature because they're probably seeing that virtual desktop is so popular that people don't like yeah. cables. So I'm sure they're working on their own solution at some point. So I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they announced something at OC7. Uh, Either they do it through Wi-Fi, which maybe not. They might, like some people have uh, hinted at it, they might do their own wireless dongle and then yeah. uh, something like that. But mm -hmm. I'm sure at some point from pressure, they're going to have to say like eight months later, oh, it also works on Wi-Fi. You don't need to buy that <laughs> it's, thing. <laughs> it's, it's a little odd like because like you show that it's possible and it works very well. So you would think they would reach out to you to say like, hey, listen, you know, we're working on this too. Maybe you can help us out a little bit and get some you know feedback from their you know, actual developer who is, you know, mm -hmm. making something on their platform, but instead you're gonna be surprised and you you might see some stuff that has been 
like mildly inspired by your app. So uh, I'm kind of used to that because on the PC side, right, the same thing happened. They uh, one Oculus Connect, they just announced Oculus Desktop and Oculus Dash with the desktop integration. So I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I remember I'm, seeing your face after that. Yeah. That was uh, that was pretty special. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm, I'm kind of expecting the same thing here. I just hope that they don't have the desktop component of it where, you know, you can, inter- you know, it, like if they duplicate that, it's going to be the second time that my app gets essentially copied yeah. and brought into the platform. That would, that would just suck. So I hope. But we've seen uh, historically that even communication internally at Facebook between departments isn't particularly great. So I can understand why it wouldn't be even externally that good mm-hmm. either. So, yeah. Uh, next is uh, D1360 VR asking, and now that you have mainly focused on Quest, what are the features that you're working on for PC VR, Steam slash Oculus version of virtual desktop? Um, I have a few things on my list for PC, but I have to be honest, is most of my time is, is really spent on Quest because that's where the the excitement is. That's where, you know, uh, people who use the app are like on PC, yes, they use it, but it's it, it doesn't have the same... Um, um, a community around it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't yeah. have a lot of, uh, of energy behind, you know. That's understandable. Adding new features and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a gaming science teacher asking, what was your reaction to the PC VR streaming feature seemingly overtaking the original use case for virtual desktop? Did you ever expect that to happen? Yeah, I kind of uh, had uh, like an insight that they would release something like that. Uh, so uh, I was expecting it. It's, you know, I, I I actually understand that they can develop something better because they have access to everything or they have access to the PC runtime. And so they could, in theory, do a better job than me uh, because they have all these people and engineers working there. So, but when I saw how it was implemented, I was like, oh, no, I think I'm sure I can do better. And that's why that's what convinced me to keep iterating on the feature and adding like the ability to play Rift games, for example, and all that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. a that's a recent. There's a recent addition to the desktop PC app where, like, where you can uh, with the desktop streamer, you can pick up on even the Oculus Home games, which wasn't. Yeah. I don't think that was there before 2020. Did you just add that this year? I added that in uh, November in beta, and I think in January I pushed it. Uh, yeah. So in in this case, I had to re-implement the entire Oculus runtime and bypass it. So whenever a game launches, I tell it, no, 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 not use the Oculus runtime, use mine. And so I had to re-implement everything that the Oculus Runtime does on oh, PC wow. to pipe the video to the Quest. and essentially. So that's why it, it works for most games, but uh, you have to launch your game from the game stab in VR. Like, there's a little quirks that, that uh, have to be met to, to work yeah, with. Yeah. Good to know. Thank then, you. Then uh, um, Nimsoni asked, uh, is there any chance of you looking into using your screen capture methods as a way to open up more non-VR games to possible VR mods, like a more expanded Vorpex. Uh, that's always tricky because of uh, things like Vorpex use uh, injection and uh, injecting like DirectX or a game to do other things is always very tricky uh, because they're sometimes they have like cheap protections that prevent that uh, or the game might update and then it won't work. So it's very, very custom. So I don't really like doing those kind of uh, injection techniques for specific games because it, yeah. it, it mm-hmm. never ends really. I am, I am curious though, what you would like, if you would work on a program similar to Farpacks, what that would 
look like because Farpax is still like the only one that is pretty much still alive. I mean, Tridev mm -hmm. kind of gave up and then you had another one. So I'm, I'm curious. Probably, yeah. I don't think I'd spend time uh, on, on, on the PC side for because it's a lot of work and mm -hmm. it's, it's a crazy amount of support to get. Yeah. And, I got a support question for you, guy. You're you're probably the most online present dev that I've ever come across. Like you can you are reachable via the the kind of the, the chat box on your website, vrdesktop.net. Any tweet DMs, straight tweets, Reddit, you seem responsive within twenty four hours and all of that. How do you manage that in addition to all the good work you're doing? Are you just on the PC twenty four seven? Yeah, I mean, I just have uh, my iPad here on the side, yeah. and I answer questions whenever I get them. I try to be as responsive as I can, uh, but uh, yeah, the downside is that it kind of eats away at, at uh, my free time. So I'm eating as oh, I get a message for a question, <laughs> and oh, we can just wait a second. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to keep uh, all that, uh, you know, forever. But at least now, I think it's 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 useful for for user to to get like a single point of contact and answer the questions. Yeah. yeah, I've got a couple of questions for you as well. Like, what's the most unusual request that you get from users uh, for a feature in in virtual desktop? Do you have any really strange ones that you see pop up every now and again? Oh yeah, I get like X-rated Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure where this is going. Of well, okay, yeah, probably I should keep away from the the. Uh, inappropriate stuff, but yeah, I get a, yeah, I get a lot of requests, weird stuff, weird features sometimes. Um, but I, I, like I said previously, all the, the the features that I've added are suggestions from the community, so keep them coming. And yeah, you know, even if they are a bit strange. Yeah, even if they are strange, it's good. It's a good excuse. Like, okay, this one, this update is a bit strange, but hey, it's a community yeah. who wants it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't what? get it if you don't ask for it. Exactly. <laughs> and finally, sort of, what are, the, what are the plans for the future for you, you know, in terms of your vision? Like, a, you know, you say you want to keep it streamlined in terms of your, your team numbers and everything else. Mm. Um, so what's sort of like in the immediate future for you, do you, do you feel? Uh, so right now I'm, I'm working on Mac support to get uh, that for the Go Gear and Quest. Uh, it's for desktop streaming only. I know a lot of people want to stream VR games, but the Mac doesn't. Uh, doesn't have any runtimes not because it's sure. supported. Steam doesn't support it. Uh, but for the desktop streaming, a lot of people have Macs and don't have Windows, so that will be useful. Uh, and then for other things, I can't really speak too much because uh, <laughs> people like to copy what I do. So of I course, have, <laughs> of course, <laughs> keep them under wraps. Secret, yeah. yeah. No, that, that was really, really awesome. Really awesome. Um, so uh, it, it's been great to have you on the show, um, but we, we, we are sort of running out of time and I feel like we could just speak to you for hours and hours and just like go through hundreds of questions, but we've kind of got to keep it short because we're running I, I late, do, I, late what as I, it is. What I do want to say is like, you know, you, you put so much work into this. You're a very yeah. passionate guy. You know, everyone from the VR community appreciates what you're doing and uh, I, I think it also... Yeah, totally. And I, and I think you deserve way more recognition than you have right now. Uh, because for some, you know, a virtual desktop is still a hidden gem. Hopefully with this podcast, that will be a different story. And with upcoming headsets and stuff. So I, we are just wishing you the best. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Yes. Um, so now uh, let's pass over to Zim for some releases. I don't know how many releases you've got, <laughs> but um, let, let's see Wait, what happens. I'll keep it. Okay. I, I, I will do the abridged version of the yeah. update. I know we're already running on time. We're past the two-hour mark. Definitely. Um, I'm gonna have to race through releases. I think this time, which is fine. <laughs> you guys know I like a good race. Um, but that was great. And I just wanted to reiterate, there were a couple of comments, uh, which you'll probably have to scroll back to catch um, Gee, but uh, lots of praise for the app and yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so keep yeah. it up. Thank you. Stay healthy and um, keep doing what you do. 
Amazing, amazing work. Uh, and as you know, one of my favorite apps of all time, actually, <laughs> <laughs> VR or non-VR. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about our, uh, our releases. Sure. So, first release. Um, God, you're not going to believe this first one. Uh, so, if all this news about the ghost shutting down and everything else isn't scary enough, uh, Carol Baskin has released a VR app of her own. Um, you serious? This is, <laughs> is, is it like a 3D experience where you see what happened to her husband? I, I, <laughs> this, this is probably one of those no comment spots. I would, I would, I would, I would say. So we don't want to get um, sued. We don't want to get sued, Carol. You know, don't upset her. she's she's renowned for that. She knows her internet. Uh, yes. Is all I'm going to say. So look, Big Cat Rescue, which you'll if you're if you're a fan of Netflix and have, have run through Tiger King, which is an excellent series by the way, and it, it offers many a secret tale. Um, do do check that out. This is uh, this is basically uh, a cough at this one, but a fully immersive game that takes you on a journey of how to track down a tiger in the wild. Uh, at, at the same time, it's it's fueling you with knowledge and information about basically. Um, you know, what are, how can you uh, help in the race against extinction for big cats? This is a free app. Uh, it's an Oculus Rift exclusive. 25th of June it dropped. You can check it out. Um, it doesn't look all that exciting to me personally. <laughs> no. I'll be honest. Uh, I never really had a need to track down <laughs> cats. And honestly, seeing into this and knowing a little bit about the whole um, Tiger King Carol Baskin character um and i do say character with a strong underline i i kind of think this is just a popularity uh marketing ploy for yet again her big cat engine so one thing though like i'm not defending carol baskin i have no idea what went down in the past but what i do want to say is that carol baskin has been interested in vr for a long time and she yeah. was even a part of the vr 180 creator lab That's in true. america That's true. Um, and she is also following some of us on YouTube and is subscribed to our content. I'm oh not joking. I'm not making this up. It's true. So she has always been interested in. Oh, wait, she's VR. in the podcast. Oh, she's oh, in the comments. Hello. Hi. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, that's just a fact. No, but that's a, it's a really. And the thing is, the quality of their 180s, if you want to get, again, if, if Tiger King uh, got you interested in big cats and you want to get closer to them, there's oodles of high quality 180 videos available mm -hmm. on their YouTube yeah. channel, which is, again, uh, hugely popular, not only because of the show, it was hugely popular prior to that show, but... I think as well, like, the way I look at it, this app is like an educational app for kids, you know, it's a great way to mm. educate children, yeah, particularly yeah. about, you know, the fact that there's animals in this world that are slowly going extinct and we need to protect them, you know, I think that's kind of yeah. cool, in a way. Exactly, exactly. So that's free for your Rift users. Uh, I always like, the thing is I like about free titles is, uh, even if it's a marketing ploy type thing, it's something for people who are a bit cash-strapped after the Steam sales, and there's a bloody hell a lot of those going right. on. I'm I not think this is a big release <laughs> compared to Iron Man, for example. This is like a big deal. This is this is the big release then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this next one is a re-release, uh, and it's actually been on other platforms. And this is something that um, I, I honestly until now. I wasn't convinced about, and now I'm convinced, and I'll tell you why. So this is uh, the persistence. Now we've yeah. some of you oh. have played it. Um, I think this is the moment for the persistence, um, and I'll tell you why again. So twenty-six dollars, twenty-three pounds. Uh, this was previously dropped in 2018 on the PSVR. Uh, it dropped to Steam in May 2020, uh, and it is now June 25. Uh, 
dropped for Rift users as well. Um, so death is just the beginning. This is a, a rogue, uh, a roguelike game, and after every fatal encounter, you respawn. Um, so as you go through this iterative process of death and recovery, restoration, you download into a new host body, and this you know stealth horror game. Uh, is, is a gripping way to get through a series of, of gear upgrades, character um, uh, changes. And the thing that really convinces me is not only the, the PlayStation VR kind of upgrade to PC on the graphics department, as there are slight benefits there, it's asymmetric multiplayer capability, which I didn't know was there on PSVR, but I think it's that slight bit more attractive on PC. So you can actually have up to four players take control of what's called the Solex. And this is um, the ship's engineering system. And you can help or hinder the player as they're going through this horrific experience. So it's got elements in there of things like uh, like a Dreadhalls, but then the integration elements uh, mm -hmm. with others running an app on phone oh. or tablet with iOS or Android. So the, the only shame about it is that it's, it's no motion control to support. Yep. Yes. And that is the number one thing. It's a game pad or keyboard game. So, unfortunately, that's the disadvantage so, to it. So you're saying you can join in with like uh, your phone or tablet, but also have like all yeah. VR setups. Is that possible too, or it's just no, 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 no. So, no, so okay. it's it's basically asymmetric. So it's four yeah. tablets controlling four tablets. bits of the ship system. Very similar. You mentioned covert earlier. Yeah. So you mm -hmm. get this kind of two-dimensional yeah. overlay of the level where the player is and you can yeah. interact with some subsystems. And I love the fact that at times the players are incentivized to work against the player. So mm -hmm. I think persistence is... Okay. is That's a cool, it's a cool update, actually. Nice. It's, it's yeah. And, well, it was there. It was, this is the thing. It, it actually... I skipped it by because uh, it was there in PlayStation VR. I didn't even know. I didn't know either. Otherwise, you no. know, I, I love uh, horror stuff, so I would have <laughs> done this with my audience, of course. And now it's yeah. on It's in my radar. So I thought I'd... Okay. Repeat that for others. Who yeah, I'm planning it. to give this one a go. Actually, uh, I've missed it. I've missed it on previous platforms. So now that it's on Rift, I'm going to give it a go. A yeah, go? I, just, I just think oh. like the graphics they got in there, the capabilities yeah. there. It's on the platforms. Yeah. Easy, this looks easy. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious actually. Guy, have, do you uh, are you into the horror thing, or do you not touch horror? No, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say sorry. There is a very large audience out there who who agree with you. I'm sure. Now. Uh, the final title, this will be of no surprise to any of you who have been watching the updates uh, lately. Iron Man VR is coming. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> and I say that having played through the demo several times and enjoyed myself holistically on that. Camouflage, 3rd of July is the date. And um, for the low, low price of 349 US dollars. You can get the PSVR bundle. So if you only have a PlayStation, oh, for the game, it's like you get all kinds what? of things. <laughs> no, no, thank God. Uh, you get a, you get a, you get a Blu-ray of the film. You get the game. You get move controllers. You get the headset. Whole bunch of stuff for three hundred and fifty okay. bucks. Or if you're like all of us and you already have all the equipment, thank God, uh, forty dollars for that, or. 30 pounds. So that's a pretty decent price. I do, uh, by the way, think it will have microtransactions, not in a way where it's pay to win. It's just some suits that you can get, I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if you're into cosmetics, then. Uh, <laughs> the suits actually come, I think, with the, with the big bundle. They mentioned that. So now that you're mentioning, yeah. there might be some uh, paid DLC. That's an important point. So, again, yes. if you don't know who Iron Man is, uh, you know, you can be the Armored Avenger, uh, you've not been paying attention, and um, you can fly around the skies. I think we all kind of unanimously, for those who've played it, 
are very convinced in the mechanics that behind this one are quite excited to play. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Definitely looking forward to this one. Yes. Absolutely a reason to have a PSVR in 2020. Yes. <sighs> couple of quick mentions and then we're out. So uh, again, I like looking after people uh, with some things on Steam as well. So one of the things I'm going to mention is Quinero 2, which is a free like virtual reality cinematic experience. Uh, This one caught my eye. For fans of The Invisible Hours, pay attention because Quinero 2 offers a kind of like a, a time control experience, much like uh, much like The Invisible Hours did. That's and nice. I, I, I think we haven't seen this repeated enough. There was... Um, uh, 11, 11 was the other one that that offered a similar kind of integration, and I think that the one with the bomb, the with the bomb explosion, that's 11, 11. Figure, uh, that's that one. Okay, yeah, the spacey yeah. 11, 11 one. Yeah, yeah, and that was kind of um, kind of short um, compared to Invisible Hours, I would say. But this one is interesting. It looks like you know there's not a huge amount of interaction, but from the characters and the the look and feel of the game, Quinero, which is uh, set in the future and, and kind of like a. Um, kind of almost like a cyberpunk universe. Uh, This is another one where you have that ability to slow down time, stop the clock, and you're kind of like a future detective. You're meant to kind of figure out the mystery here. So that one looks good. If you're short on cash, that's free on Steam. And that landed on the 25th of June. I don't know, people landed all kinds of things 25th of Mm -hmm. June. Um, And then the other one that I'd mention, just very briefly, you guys remember Mind Show? Mm -hmm. Mind Show. Yeah. So Mind Show, you were able to set up a scene and kind of... Uh, make your own VR-based comic strip or whatever you want. But it's been a couple of years. We haven't seen many competitors to that. Now there is one. So Flipside Studio has landed. For those who like Mindshow and want another go, Um, Mm -hmm. you can set up your scene, play it back, record it, stream it to various platforms. Go take a look at it if that's your kind of thing. I decided I wouldn't run the trailer. It's kind of... You set up a scene... You can zoom in on characters, you play it back, very much like Mindshow. Um, And from what I've seen in the reviews... Little bit rough around the edges at the moment, but has some features that Mindshow didn't. So, those okay. are the releases and quick mentions this week for what you should look out for in VR. Very good, very good. So uh, instead of like recapping everything, I'm just going to sort of round up the show at this point because I think if you follow the show and you've watched up until this point, you know when to go live. You know what platforms we're on. <laughs> we support. We appreciate your support. You know for watching us live. And I also yeah. want to say thanks again to Guy uh, for joining us live. Make sure you uh, hit a like on this video because Nathan will tell me off otherwise. And make sure you subscribe to the channel as well for all our future content. Uh, we'll be back uh, as usual next week. So have a great week in VR. Keep safe and well. And until then, bye bye for now. <laughs>